What is happening, everybody? We're back again. Another episode of Track Experience. This one's a good one. I like this one. This one was chilled out. We actually recorded it in the back of my van. A couple of nomads, me and Baxter Maywell. He's up here at the moment. His van broke down, as you'll hear about. But we uh, were up here on... Where were we? We were in Palm Beach, and um, we met up. He's in the midst of, yeah, fixing up his van. I've just gotten up here looking for a place, and we met up, and, yeah, we, we recorded. This is actually the longest podcast I think I've ever recorded. It's like two and a half hours. Mind you, <laughs> the start of it's a pretty long, long-winded story about how the van, how he got the van, what's happened with it, and then where it is now, or the bus, I should say. But really cool podcast. We chat about him as a trail builder, the things he's had to overcome in the last few years with broken ankles and how it was one of the best things that could have happened to him and where the state of trail building is in Australia at the moment and kind of where we think it needs to go or shed some light on how, how to fix it and, and how to truly get the most out of the train and stuff we have here. But Baxter had quite a successful junior career racing and then kind of fell out of love with it. And then recently he's kind of found a new love for it, but kind of on his own terms and not just following the crowd. He's kind of trying to pave the way to be more or less a, in his words, a bike rider, <laughs> but like free rider content creator racer kind of try and mix all of those things into one so it's cool to see him kind of paving the way in a certain regard in Australia and trying to do bigger film projects and kind of walk his own path in a certain certain way so really good chat with him always enjoy hanging out with Baxter he's calm collected <laughs> and just yeah has, has a good time and yeah so I hope you guys enjoyed this one it was uh, it was cool to do and it was cool to actually record one in the van but Hopefully in the near future, the plans are get a place up here and then make a proper studio and start doing more, start pushing it more and yeah, start really getting the podcast up and running. So hope you guys enjoy it and yeah, let me know what you think. Cheers guys. Bye now. Now we're Now we're, now we're in it. Now we're in it. Oh my God, that was the second time. That could have been the second time I've done that. Yeah, I'm glad that you noticed now. Oh, I'm glad that I noticed now. I was now. just about to go on a huge tangent. To be fair, though, we just talked a lot of shit just then, so we haven't, oh, we haven't got any gold. And I've also do have it, so it's just the audio is going to be not so good. Nothing but, in there was groundbreaking news. But we're here with um, fellow nomad, Baxter Maywell. We're both up here on the Gold Coast, stuck in a van. Well, I'm we're in a van now, so you're kind yeah. of stuck in a bus. I'm sort of, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'm even a nomad at this point. I yeah, can't move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're nomad. I'm stuck. Do you have to hand your card back in or something? I'm do just you like, no. Do you resign? <laughs> <laughs> There's no mad about it. There's no it. mad. It's just, just no. Oh, you're just a pensioner now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something. Um, so we're up here. Yeah. You're stuck. Yeah. Let's, let's. You're not so stuck. I'm not so stuck. I'm. I can transport, move around. Yeah. But I can too because boomers have, boomers um, have been so out. kind and let me drive their troopy around during the week. But. Mm. Um, yeah, the bus. Let's let's talk about the bus that turned into your home that's now turned into a car park. <laughs> yeah, it's now, it's now just a home. What, I don't what is it though? What is it? It's a Toyota Coaster. It's 1986 and for some stupid reason they specced it with a 2.4 litre petrol engine. So it's just like the slowest thing on earth. Um, and I feel like that could be some of the reason why we're having so many issues with it. <laughs> what issues are we having with it? Lots. Um, <laughs> so when Narrow I narrow down the big ones, uh, at the moment it's got a blown head gasket, and um, that's the issue that I know about. Um, it's also for sale for anyone that wants to buy. Yeah, it. it's for sale. 
go how, on much, cheap. How, how much? At this point, I'd take a high five and a six pack, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably need to get like clo- I don't know as close to ten grand as I can get. Yeah, yeah. If you're out there listening, you want to buy a project, I'll put it out soon, and you know, Emph- you emphasis know. on the project bit. <laughs> um, it could be a good tiny home. Yeah, I reckon it would actually, like, if you didn't care if it ran and you just got it towed, mm. it is like, it's a dialed setup to live in. Mm. If you, yeah, if, if you, you got somewhere to park it. Imagine that you just take it to someone's house, park it out the back, because it's movable, and yeah. then you could just, it's already kitted out, you could just have a little granny flat out the back. Yeah, 100%. If any rich people on the Gold Coast need a granny flat out the back of their house. Yeah, or if you've got, yeah. like, a bit of land and you want just, you know, shack something for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Put a roof on it. It doesn't leak. Well, it doesn't leak as it is, but, but yeah, yeah put a that. roof on it. But anyway, do you want to hear the full story about the bus? <laughs> yeah. We'll, should we go from the start? Yeah, take us back. All right, so... I want full rant as well. Full rant. Full rant. Oh, Every, shit. Everything in it. I'm going to need a bit of water yeah. for this. <laughs> no stone unturned. I want to hear all the good bits, all the bad bits. All right, so... um, I kind of... The, the initial idea about buying the bus was like, I quit my job in October last year. So I could like a hundred percent focus on trying to make a career as a bike rider. So I figured if I had a van, sort of this was my first thought, like what we're sitting in right now, mm. something like this. Um, if I had a van, it would mean I don't have to pay rent. I've got transport. I can be at any event that I need to be at or wherever I need to be for however long I need to be there for to do whatever I needed to do. <laughs> Vague plans, but like it would basically just allow me to be transient and just ride my bike as much as possible. Um, and then I started looking at coasters and I was like, this would be pretty sick. Like, I like the aesthetic of it. I like the idea of it being an old bus. And then I had heaps of ideas about um, using the bus for, like, the centerpiece of a YouTube channel. And, like, I had all these crazy ideas for it. I, it was going to be pretty sick. And the size as well to, like, do what you wanted to do. Yeah. living out of this is a bit small. Like Yeah, like, it, it's like a full apartment. Mm. It's like a small tiny little apartment the mm. only downside is that it's built in the 80s and i'm like six foot three so standing up straight in it is like a little bit of an issue but it's fine is what it is but it's got enough room like it feels like a house if it's raining or whatever like being in here when it's raining would suck yeah it's a bit claustrophobic but like in the bus you can like walk from one end to the other mm. like it it feels more like a little house mm. um so i bought that thing because it was actually parked in Dan Booker's mum's backyard in National Park. And I was staying at Dan's place, just right in Medina. And I was talking to Sue, his mum. And I was like, oh, Sue, like I'm going to look at a coaster tomorrow. Like it was like the next day or whatever. Mm. And she just looked in the backyard and she was like, oh, that one's for sale if you want it. And I was like, you're joking me. Like this is too, too good kind of thing. Um, it's always too good. Yeah, it's always too good. So... <laughs> I got the details of the people that used to own it. They used to work at Medina. So um, that's how it ended up there, basically. I, I don't know too much about it, but I think they split up and the bus was kind of just left behind. They were from Sydney or something, so they moved mm. moved back or whatever they did. Um, I got the details of those guys and long story short, they only wanted like five grand for it, mm. which was insane to me, having no money at the time. Mm. I was like, cool, I can sell my Hilux and buy that easy. Mm. So I had a mate, Flynn, come and look at it because he's a diesel mechanic. Opened up the hood or like the the engine <laughs> the bay. The engine bay, yeah. yeah. It's in the living room floor. Um, and Flynn was like, oh, it's a petrol. I was like, well, that, is that good or bad? And he was like, oh, it doesn't really matter. And 
he re- like we drove it, took it for a test drive. Flynn was like, yep, seems all good. They just had the engine rebuilt recently because mm. they ran it without oil and punched a hole in the block. So I thought... Did you know that at the time? Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. But for me, not knowing much about like engines, yeah. I was like, cool, that means it's just been rebuilt by a mechanic. Like, it's pretty much brand new, ready to go. They've done, like... I think he said they'd probably done, like, five, 6,000 Ks on the rebuilt engine. Mm. And then they just bought a house in Medina and and never went anywhere. Mm. So, I thought, bargain. Mm. Had everything... Like, they had already been living in it beforehand. It had solar, had a fridge. Like, had... It was ready to go, basically. Um, I was just going to change, like, the layout of it a little bit. Mm. And then... Already before I even left Tassie. So long story short, I bought it. Yeah. Um, and then I bought it whilst I was filming Notion, that video project. Mm. Um, and then finished that. I had the ferry booked for it, packed up all my shit, drove to mum and dad's place and I was just going to work on it at mum and dad's and then do this massive epic trip. Where's mum and show. dad base? They're in... In Emerald in, in Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dandenong Ranges, yeah, Yarra yeah. Valley kind of zone. Yeah. We're like 40 minutes from Warburton, which yeah. just got announced that it's going ahead it's finally, finally doing it yeah, yeah um people that don't know what that is that's going to go straight over the head but anyway we'll get we'll cut we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go back to yeah it. We'll, we'll piece it back together um that's where we at so already driving from hobart to the boat i started having troubles with something that i don't know what it was but if anybody watched the one youtube video that i put out about the bus you'll know about the problems. Um, But pretty much it just, I went, like I had it fully packed, ready to go, went to turn the key and just nothing. So I got a mate, he came and jump-started me and then I drove to the boat, stopped for fuel on the way because like it's a pretty big drive obviously. Mm. Key did nothing, (laughs) wouldn't start. I was like, fuck, what's going on here? Um, Had to like roll start it at like 11.30 at night in the servo backwards because I was facing uphill and then I I just made it to the ferry terminal I had a morning sail so I had to be there to get on the boat at like 6am or whatever as I just parked in the car park of the ferry terminal and was like well I'm here like I'll just figure it out when I wake up kind of thing woke up key did nothing like it was like the alternator wasn't charging the battery or something um key did absolutely nothing got some bloke in line to jump started me jump start me made it onto the boat and then was like cool, well, I guess we'll just figure it out when we get there kind of thing. At least then I'll be in Melbourne. Well, I was going to say, at least be on the boat. Like, they're yeah, going to yeah. help you get off the boat. Exactly, not, yeah. yeah. Like, I made it onto the boat and I was like, sweet. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good. good. Yeah. yeah, They're going to tow me off if it's worst case yeah, scenario. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I didn't hear, you know, have you you've been on the Spirit? Yeah. I'm yeah. going to assume. They, like, call what floor and number gate you are for, like, the order to leave or whatever. Yeah. Um, and... The- because yeah, you said you missed it. Yeah, but like as soon as they can, like as soon as they wake you up, I'm like, I'm just gonna go straight to my car anyway. Well, it was a day sale. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as you but, like, but yeah, yeah, I just would have gone straight there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think we were like first, so I just was like, you just, I just you was were just in, chilling. I don't know what I was doing. You were chilling. Um, yeah, I was chilling. You're just trying like, to think of other things to do. Yeah, trying whatever, to think of other things like, to yeah. do than going and try and not start your car. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I missed a call, and then they like paged my name over. Well, they paged my rego over the loudspeaker and I was like fuck I like ran down there. are we allowed to swear on this by the way yeah go to town yeah cool try not like try not yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's fine um, don't swear kids contextually I needed yeah. if, it, if it needs to be said it needs to be said yeah. anyway so I went down to the bus and I was like well this is going to be funny like they've they're obviously waiting for me there's like a massive line behind me I'm <laughs> like going to get in there it's not going to start 
So I was like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. Like, walked all the way down there, sort of, like, said sorry to the dude, jumped in the bus, turned the key, fired up, like, as if nothing happened. Never had an issue since. It just fixed itself. Just, I don't know what, I still don't know what it was. The spirit of yeah. Tasmania fixed your van. It fixed it, yeah, anyway. So I, then I, I drew- really love the fact that, like, you, you, in your mind, you're like, this isn't going to start. Yeah. Yet you didn't try and go down early to, like, to see, to see. So then <laughs> at like, least if it didn't, you could be like, can someone help me? But you're just like, you rocked up late, but then luckily it paid off. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah. But it worked out all good. Um, and then, yeah, so I drove, I kind of like was still a bit nervous on the whole starting scenario mm. and luckily I had enough fuel. So I just drove straight to mum and dad's place and then I was like, cool, I've made it to a safe, safe space <laughs> and, um, just started like ripping into doing like the full like fit out so i pulled everything out of it did like a massive tip run mm. um i recycled most of the timber that i pulled out and then i like all of the cabinetry and cupboards and everything in the bus is all except for i think like probably spent like a hundred bucks on timber if that like really? most of it's all recycled i recycled as many of the screws as i could as i was pulling it apart like and that gives it it's got like a pretty sick aesthetic when you walk in because yeah. everything is like all odd shapes and different colors and all like recycled stuff, Yeah, which is kind of what I like about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, built it all. I didn't, it's never been finished, but I just got it to a point where I was like comfortable to this live is in. Good, yeah. Um, the good thing about buying it off the people I bought it off was that like all the expensive stuff was already in it like it had a fridge it had solar it had dual batteries like mm. i pretty much paid for like a solar setup and got a free bus <laughs> um and then and now you <coughs> can also buy a free solar setup yeah you, you, could buy a free, <laughs> you could buy a free solar setup and a fridge um <laughs> and some recycled timber <laughs> yeah yeah We're really selling it yeah 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 um and you'll look cool wherever you park it exactly it does look sick but it just doesn't run doesn't move far um at the moment, at the moment. We'll get, yeah, like, currently. Does it yeah. move right now? Yeah. Also, alternatively, if no one wants to buy it, but you're a mechanic and you're listening to this and you want to come and help me fix it, I'll happily... We'll take anyone yeah, at this I'll point. take whatever I can. Yeah. Um, so, where are we up to? Yeah, you then... It, you recycle yeah, everything. I built. I, I finished building everything. There was a BMX jam at my mate's place in Young, New South Wales, which is kind of like in, just a bit inland from Canberra. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and my mate, we, well, I was going to go up there by myself and then kind of just do like a test trip almost like Hmm. just go up there, spend a few weeks. Like we went to Canberra, went there, then come back to Melbourne and then see if I wanted to change anything and then take off on my actual trip. Um, and my mate Harrison had like, he'd just broken up with his girlfriend. He had a broken ankle. He like wasn't working, kind of just wasn't really, he couldn't do much. Hmm. So I was just like get in the bus like we're going on a trip so i took him with me because i knew we were doing a round trip um went to bright for pineapple express oh yeah i remember yeah then went to canberra for a bit and then went to young for a bit and that trip was sick Mm. um i had some starting issues when we got to young uh and i think it was just because it's so like so cold up there Mm. didn't like start when it was cold um so put like put a new fuel, like inline fuel filter in it and a couple other little bits and pieces and that sort of seemed to fix it. And I was like, cool. We're, we're good. Yeah. Um, got back to Melbourne. That trip went, that was like a three and a half week trip. Mm. And so far, that's the only actual traveling I've done in the bus. And I bought the bus in April. 
But <laughs> didn't you travel up here though, or you just? Like, yeah, I pinned it up here. You didn't actually like stop and like. Not really. Explore. It took me like four days to get from Melbourne to the Gold Coast. You just a lined it, pretty much. But that was like the first trip being in it and actually using it. For yeah, you like actually just like pottering around and parking wherever we wanted, and going to events, just and like, doing that yeah, was just the doing goal. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the initial 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 like idea. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna go to WA in it. Oh really? Yeah, I was gonna go to WA, do. Um, I think there was a race over there I was going to do, and then like we're in WA, like just Perth or something. Yeah, probably just Perth. I was yeah. going to go catch up with that dude from the beers and bikes. I have to know. It. Can I look at my yeah, phone? Yeah, I got to look at my town. I got to look at it. He'll imagine be that. So though, imagine being halfway in the Nullarbor. Oh, I'm so lucky oh, I didn't go that way. Oh, imagine like how long, like how hard it would be to actually get help being in the middle of middle of nowhere on the Nullarbor with this van. Just yeah, you would be so cooked. At least up here, like you know people, there's work. You can hopefully find a mechanic. You can find someone to do a podcast with that will then, in hope, find yeah, you. Yeah, hopefully to buy this it. leads to something good. Can I get a commission for this? Um, I'll put. It, I promise, any commission I get, I'll put back into the podcast. It'll it'll go solely into the new studio. If somebody buys it purely from listening to the podcast, I'll... if they're like, if anyone does buy it, use the code. Dinos, Mikanos in in the checkout, and yeah. I will get I will send you some merch, so you get a bus and merch. Yeah. Um, what else can we throw in? What else? What else can we give these whoever buys it? We got to sweeten the deal. That da- David. I was going to say Dave, but uh, you, David Baker. David is Baker. The guy, yeah. Shout out David Baker. Shout out. What's his Baker. podcast? Um, stuck in the bunting. Stuck in the bunting. Yeah, it's All pretty right. fresh. Yeah. Um, so I was going to go over there, and I was actually going to do an episode with the beers and bikes show. Yeah. And couple other things in WA. They got some cool shit, cool stuff going on over there. Yeah. Um, Geordie and the guys are like three chilies. Oh, yeah. Building like some real cool jumps. There's mm. heaps of skate parks over there popping up. But anyway, so I was going to go over there and then cut across the middle of Australia, go through Alice Springs mm. and then end up in Cairns for Crankworks. Yeah. Um, and then the bus broke down at mum and dad's place. So I was packed, ready to leave. Kind of ready the best to, and worst place for it to happen. Yeah, ready to... Same again, like I was in, I was fully packed. Mm. What are you smoking at? I was just people walking past. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I Sorry, was... we're, if anyone's uh, <laughs> listening, we're in like a park in Palm Beach. Um, park, yeah, near, yeah. So yeah anyway. just, there's people walking past yeah. and, you know, you get distracted sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Van's broken down. I mean, the bus is broken down. Yeah. So I was like, again, packed up, ready to go. Like I, I spent like a week or something at mum and dad's place hanging out. I was like, cool. I think I did some work, built some trails for someone. Um, and then ready to go, fully packed to the brim, set, set, about to set sail by myself, like properly, mm. head gasket in the driveway. And I was like, what is going on? I was like, this is not going to stop me. So I, not really knowing much about engines over the course of like, I think it took me a month to like chase down parts and actually figure out what I was going to do with it and stuff and then get it running again. Mm. Over a month, I like YouTube mechanic to my way with a bit of help from my brother and my neighbor and a friend, like dad's friend who's a mechanic. Yeah. Um, we got the bus running and I was like, cool. I've just like, I, I spent like a bit of extra money on it. Like whilst we had the head off, my dad's mate was like, well, you may as well just pull the oil pan off and like put new piston rings in it and mm. like just do a full job of it. Give it, yeah, give it a birthday. Yeah. So we did everything. 
it's like full engine rebuild pretty much or it was a full engine rebuild for me if you're a mechanic you're probably like that's only a top end or yeah, whatever but yeah. anyway um <laughs> i thought yeah gonna have no issues here let's go yeah. but by that point i was like well i'm not gonna go to wa and do all that yeah. one i was sick of it being cold <laughs> Because yeah. the main idea of this trip was, A, to be able to be wherever I wanted to be, but also get out of Tassie winter where it's cold and you can't ride mm. and go somewhere where it's warm and I can ride every day, mm. which is how I ended up here on the Gold Coast. Um, it's a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just endless summer, but without having to go overseas. Yeah. And... Like preaches the choir. <clears throat> into yeah. it. Into Everyone it. should do endless summer. Yeah. Seasonal depression yeah. is a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, I knew about that in COVID, but that was, that's a, like, I haven't done a winter besides obviously COVID when everyone kind of got stuck. That was like the first winter in like eight, eight or nine years. And it was like, that's lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Chase yeah. summer. It's good. Summer's yeah. good. Unless you go and like ski or snowboard or something, if you're using the winter for a reason, but yeah, that's where like Tassie is no good in winter. Cause it's not <sighs> cold enough. No. It needs to be, like, colder so that there's actual good snow. But well, not so much colder, but more altitude would be more yeah. or less the thing. Someone said that there's just not enough land mass for it to actually snow. Really? Like, properly. Like, it does snow, but something to do with the land mass. Because yeah. they've got the, like, elevation. Do they? But, like... It... They've got big mountains. True. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't... I don't, I'm not speaking facts, but okay. from what I've heard is like because the island, the island itself is not actually big enough. True, it's never going to get like proper snow. Someone can fact check that. Yeah, yeah. throw it in the comments. That'd Jamie, be great. <laughs> can you fact check that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like it needs to be colder so you get actual snow, or it needs to just say, be summer. It gets pretty cold down there. Like it's like minus. Yeah, it gets cold as shit. Like in Hobart, you get like minus to minus four. Yeah, it like, sucks. Like that should be like, and it's just wet and miserable. Mm. Um, I couldn't do a Tassie winter, like a I've, whole Tassie. I I've done two. Yeah, and then you finally got your ticket out of there, and <laughs> well, sort of, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think peak of like when I was going overseas racing, I did like seven summers back to back, which was pretty cool. Oh, it's good. It's like it? three, yeah, three years in a row going to Europe, mm. and you just like it's the best. Yeah, summer, 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 and then the first winter I did back was in Medina. Oh. It was brutal. Yeah, that's a big change. Yeah, so I didn't want to do winter in Tassie again. Mm. And um, then I was like sick of it being cold in Melbourne because I was stuck there. Mm. And then I kind of thought about it. I was like, even if I do go west, it's going to be cold until I get to Perth, basically. Mm. Like all the way along the south coast of Australia. I was like, I don't want to borrow it anymore. Yeah. So I just started going north. And then I kind of just intended to pin it to the Gold Coast where I knew it would be warm <laughs> and I knew there's stuff to ride yeah. and then maybe drive to Cairns but probably like I kind of had already thought I was just going to fly there hmm. and then I got to Ballina which is like yeah yeah just an below out, Byron Bay yeah out like probably two hours south of the Gold Coast hmm. and started having some starting issues and then on the highway I sprung a water leak out like it was like a hose off the back of the head which Upon further investigation, I think was probably our fault. Um, <laughs> Can't deny or confirm, but possibly. Yeah, it was like a <laughs> chance. YouTube mechanic might have just. Like <laughs> well, it wasn't like something that I missed tightening or whatever, but um, yeah, dumped all the water or coolant. And then because of that, my temp gauge didn't work because I had nothing to read off of. Oh. I think my temp gauge is potentially broken anyway because it True. just sits in the one spot all the time. It yeah, doesn't matter cool. if it's freezing cold or what. It yeah, just that's sits probably, that's a, yeah. in the middle. 
which I was like, oh, it's in the middle. It's That's a red flag right there. I don't know what I'm... Like, <laughs> I'm not a mechanic. I just work here, man. Not even. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so And then, yeah, I didn't find out that it was overheating, obviously, until I pulled up at the servo. Mm. I kind of was like, oh, it's getting a bit hot. And I was like, I need fuel anyway. So I pulled over at like, the first servo I found and was like, oh, that bubbling sound is not good. Um, and this is when you're in the Gold Coast. Oh, no, Ballina. No, nah, nah, nah. oh, a bit north of Ballina. A bit north of Ballina, yeah. I'd like, I went into Ballina. Mm. I was like, I want to see the coast. Like, I want to go for a swim or whatever. And then got back on the highway and then started having some issues. And then I couldn't find, like, I I let it cool down at the servo, topped the water up. I couldn't find where it was coming from. Mm. So I was like, oh, I, I don't know. Just like, I just drove like a little bit, like filled all my water up on the bus. Mm. Just drove a little bit, stopped, like limped it basically to the Gold Coast. Because I looked at it, it was only like, I don't know, I can't remember exactly how far it was, but it wasn't that far. Yeah, we just get there. And then I got to Pizzy Skate Park, and that was my first stop, pretty much, mm. um, when I made it to the Goldie. And I was like, cool, now that I'm here, I'm in like a, a good spot in the morning, I can like properly fix this water leak. And the whole time I kept checking the oil. Cause I was like, have, I was stressing over doing another head gasket, but the oil was like fine the whole time. It was just losing water. Um, in the morning I like finally found where the water leak was. It was like right tucked away in the back of the engine bay, like mm. on the back of the head fixed that. And was like, yes, sweet. We're on. Mm. And then I think cause it had gotten hot as soon as it had correct pressure in the whole engine system again, then it just blew the head gasket. <laughs> So, like, I literally drove it from... I was on my way to f- see Sam at Fist, mm. which is not far nah. from Pizzy. And I didn't even... I made it to the highway, basically. Yeah. And had to go to the servo. And I, like, drove, I don't know, two kilometers. Mm. Pulled into the servo. Went to start it. Just blew white smoke out the back. And I literally just, like, limped it from the Bowser into the first car park at the servo. And it was just, like... Well, fuck. It's done. What do I do now? <laughs> is that where it is parked now? Or is it... No, no. Nah, nah. You got it from there? Yeah, so... So, how did you get it from there to where it lives now? Yeah, so this is a whole another story. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so... I was like, I don't know what to do here. I'm in... Like, I, I haven't even spent any time on the Gold Coast. Like, I haven't seen anybody I know yet. Like, I haven't met any new... I've made no... Like, I just got it, basically. Yeah. Um... So I looked up where Fist was and I was like, oh, it's only like three Ks from there. So I just rode my BMX to see Sam because I was like, that was the plan anyway. They knew I was coming. Yeah. I was like, maybe I'll see Sam and he'll be able to help me, yeah. <laughs> basically. And I got there and Friends. yeah, I was Friends. like, I just, I, I was literally like that. I was like, I just need to go see some people that I know right now. I need a hug. I yeah. need a hug right now. I just now. need to see some, few days. Need some see to, just need to see some friends. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I rode to fist on my bmx which 3k's doesn't sound like far but it seemed like a lot like a long way um got there was hanging out and sam was like where's your bus and i was like oh yeah that that's like the other thing that i came here for like i was like oh it's broken down in miami and sam was like oh yeah sweet like where and i told him exactly where it was and he was like dude Hang on a sec. And he called his mate, Matt, um, from Mermaid Motors mm. in Miami. 
if anyone in the Gold Coast needs engine like needs any repairs done or servicing or whatever, you call Matt at Mermaid Motors and they'll sort you out. They're like, yeah, they're good dudes. Yeah. Um, Love a good shout out. Yeah, good yeah, shout yeah. out. Yeah, that one's free. <laughs> that one. Um, and like you walk in there and all of the, everyone that works there is all wearing like Dixon flannel and stuff like that. They're, they're Dixon, tight with yeah, fists. With fists yeah. Um, so yeah, Sam was like, oh, my boy, Matt, he'll like, he'll sort you out. So he called Matt. Matt called me. I, w- I got a lift. I think Matt from Fist gave me a yeah. lift back to the bus. Mm. And then I rode over to see Matt because it was, it was literally like across the road pretty much. Mm. It was like the other side of the highway was where this mechanic shop was, which I thought I was like, oh, sweet. We're sorted like so lucky that it broke down here. Yeah. Cute dog. <laughs> um. So then I got, uh, I went over to see Matt and he was like, look, you, if it starts, just drive it over here. Yeah. So I went back and cause it had cooled down so much, it did start straight away. Mm. Drove it like, yeah, straight across the road, like one minute drive, mm. pulled in. And when I pulled in, Matt was like, oh, it seems like, seems fine. Like, mm. what are you stressing about? And he like gave me some like coolant, like stop leak stuff. And he was like, run a few tanks, like few tanks of this through it and you'll probably be fine mm. then i went to i was like oh if, like you're the, you're the you know what you're talking yeah, about like if yeah. that's what you reckon and then i went to start it in his driveway and it just nothing and he was like oh oh right shit um and then i need more stop leak <laughs> yeah yeah um and i don't know he he could like diagnose it straight away he was like yeah you've done a head gasket like you can hear it bubbling back through the cooling system like as soon as you turn the key mm-hmm. um which basically means it had no pressure and he was like look man i like their yard is tiny they don't have a big yard and he was like we're flat out for like the next three weeks he's like you just need this thing back on the road asap right and i was like yep and he was like look we they've got like a parking space where they store cars like literally across their street he was like we'll move some shit we'll put it in there it can sit there for like a few days or whatever and he's like leave it with me i'll sort it out and mm. i was like righto so i left it with him for a couple of days and he called me where are you staying at this point um this is your home <clears throat> so that's like where'd you so, where'd you go so after that broke down and i left it there um i just rented a van like the cheapest van I could find off of car next door I think it's actually called Uber Rideshare now Um, just found it was like 40 bucks a day for just it wasn't a camper van it was just a normal van van, it was like a Kia Pregio or something like just (laughs) some like shitty old the cheapest van I could find I just went to Kmart bought an air mattress and got all the stuff out of my swag and was just living on an air mattress with my bikes and surfboards in the back of this van and I, f- I remember putting a photo up of like, I was parked at the beach, mind you. It was a nice location. Yeah, location was good. Yeah, location was good, but it was like an air mattress in the back of the van. And I just captioned it something like new, like new setup or something because like the bus had been broken down. And I had like multiple people be like, oh man, you live in the dream. And I was like, Who, no, whose dream? No, like, yeah. This is not my dream. No, no. Like, I, like, I, yeah, I'm I get, so free. Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, I don't no. want to be so free right now. Yeah, like if, 
if only you knew half of what's yeah, going the on struggle right behind now. it. Yeah. But that um, just shows you how like Instagram can just tell so many different stories. Like, oh, this is a highlight reel. Yeah, but even when it's not a highlight yeah. either, it's still people perceive it as a highlight because yeah. it's like... Yeah, people just thought oh, I'm like on this crazy trip and like just living so free and I'm at the beach and it's sunny and I've got bikes in the back of the van. It's like... To be fair, you are, but also yeah, there's, that's a exact- lot of, there's a lot of struggle attached to it. Yeah, I'd rather not be sleeping on an air mattress in the back of a rented van rented when I have a hot. house yeah. <laughs> that drives or doesn't drive. I'd just rather my house drove. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was like basically just bouncing around like rental vans because like I'd rent it for a week hoping that by the end of that week I'd have the bus sorted out and mm. then I'd get to the end of the week and it would be booked. Mm. So I'd have to like rent another van <laughs> and then rent another van. And, like, I would... Because you can't overlap rentals. Mm. Like you can't be renting two vans at a time. Oh, because through the same... On the app. Yeah. Because, like, through the same thing. So, I at first, I was, like, the first time I had to, like, swap vans, I was, like, whoa, how am I going to do this? Like, I'll just have to rent one and then, like, butt the times, like, straight up to one another and then just, like, cop the late return fee. Yeah. And then... And then I figured out that you could, like, book them as, like, separate things. And then after you've booked it, you could change the pickup time so that they overlapped. About, like, an hour or something. Yeah. yeah, so, like, over, I'll just overlap them by, like, two hours or something. And then just drive, like, one rental van to the other rental van and just, like, reverse it up, open the back doors and just, like, slide all of my shit out of one to and one into to the, the other. other one. Do you meet the person that you're renting it off? Nah. They just leave keys in it and you just come It's, like, on a lockbox on the door. True. Yeah, it's kind of a cool... It worked as a good setup for me because yeah. I didn't have to, like, have the awkward interaction of, like, oh, yeah, I'm just living in your van yeah. for a week. <laughs> Not only are you living in it, you're moving from the other van. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, whose other rental van? Like, what are you doing? Well, how did you... So, obviously, because if you're moving it from one to the other and then you went and what, dropped the other van off and then came back and then hopped uh, in that van. Yeah, so I'll just have to get two that were, like, not too Close far together. apart. Oh, do man. the swap over and man. then drive the other one, drop it back off where I picked it up from and then just like Uber or if it was close enough, I'd like ride my BMX a few Ks to then, the other one and then, <laughs> and then live in that one for a bit for like, you know, four days or however long I could get it for and then get another one and then swap that back. Meanwhile, meanwhile, there's people looking at you like, oh man, you live in the dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, yeah. Fuck off. And just like costing me so much money. Yeah, like, just unnecessarily. Like I said earlier, like the whole bus thing was supposed to like save me money and mm. be like less hassle. Mm. But all it's done, it's just been like the biggest money pit yeah. and the most hassle ever. <laughs> it's a lesson. It's a lesson. Yeah. Don't buy, don't buy an old bus. No. And like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Volkswagen Crafters are all right, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Toyota Coasters, older than 2020. No good. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's the cut off? 2010, I reckon. 010's probably yeah, all good. 010. Um, Double digits. Mm. Well, I've like grown up with like the notion that like Toyotas are reliable. So I was like, cool, it's an old Toyota motor. Mm. Should be sweet. We're good. No good. Just bought a lemon, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, so the whole whole time that like this is going on matt from mermaid motors is like ringing around trying to find somebody else that will take on the bus because like i said he just was like dude even if i wanted to we don't have space and if we had space like i just can't touch it for like three Mm. four weeks like i'm i'm booked yeah i was like cool no worries like appreciate you helping me 
And um, apparently nobody else wanted to touch it either. I can imagine. <laughs> um, you don't then, even want to touch it now. No, I don't even want to touch it now. <laughs> um, yeah, because after I'd just rebuilt it myself and then had this yeah. problem, I was just like, this is the last thing that I want to do. Like, yeah. I'd just give it, I'll just pay someone else to do it and just have them just sort it out. Yeah. Um, and he finally found someone. This is like a week before I was going to go to Cairns, which I was just going to fly to. Um, so he got it towed to this other mechanic, which is called Above Above All Mechanical in Burley. Mm. Absolutely would not recommend. <laughs> no shout out. Not even no to shout like out. Not even if I disliked you, I still wouldn't recommend that you took your vehicle there. Okay. And I hope the dude listens. His name's Luke. <laughs> I hope that he listens to this because he oh, he does Everyone absolutely does. fucked me around. Yeah. Um. So he got the bus delivered on the Friday. Mm. Um, like they, that's the other thing. Matt towed it, like got it towed to this other dude, and he just like flipped the bill for the tow truck. Really? Yeah. And I was like, dude, you didn't have to do that. And he was like, oh, it's fine, whatever. Like, don't worry about it. I was like, I want this thing out of my yard. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, but that was like super nice of him. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Not only did he organize all this shit, he like, he yeah, sure, he, he got moved it. Yeah. So. And Matt was like, oh, you know, he'll, this other dude, Luke, he'll like give you a call when the bus gets there and like come up with a plan. Mm. Gets there on the Friday morning or whatever, didn't get a call. Monday goes by, didn't get a call. Tuesday goes by, didn't get a call. And I was like, oh, like give him a few days, but whatever. And then like, I think, actually no, Monday went by and then Tuesday, I think we flew to Cairns. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, surely, like, whilst I'm, like, uh, it doesn't really matter at this point because I'm going to Cairns. Like, surely, whilst I'm in Cairns, he'll call me and mm. we'll sort it out. Get back from Cairns, still zero contact. So I, like, called him. I was like, hey, man, what's going on? And then I just ended I was like, I think I couldn't get on to him or whatever. Mm. And I didn't have a car sorted at this point. Rang mum and I was like, mum, I got no money. I don't have a car. I was like, can't work without a car because I can't drive to work. Like, you can't get an Uber to Boomers. Or you can, but it's yeah. like 80 bucks or something. So, mum lent me some money, rented like, honestly, the cheapest car I could find. It was just like a wagon. Hmm. Drove to Luke's Mechanic, above all mechanical. Again, don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and was just like, hey man, like, I'm here for the bus. Like, what's going on with it? And, he was like, oh, yep, sweet. Like, we'll, we've got... Every time I went there, I'm pretty sure, and that he hadn't touched it yet, he would point to something that was in the shop and be like, yeah, we just got to get that out, and then we got this truck. Once that truck's out, your bus is in next. Mm. And the first two times, I was like, oh, yeah, sweet, like, whatever you reckon. And he's like, and then we'll, like, run all these tests, and he's, like, talking big games. like, we'll do this and that, and then I'll give you a quote, and then we'll see if you're happy to proceed. Mm. And I was like, all right, sweet. Three, four days go past, nothing. Call him again. I'm like, man, this is my, like my, actually, I think I just drove over there again. I was like, mm. I'm not even bothering with a phone call. Mm. I was like, dude, this is my house mm. and it's my car. Like yeah. I need it, like at least need a quote. Yeah. Like tell me what I'm up for. And then he finally gets me a quote. Um, he reckons he ran all these tests, which I'm still unskeptical. I don't think that like... Because I was going back to the bus, like I stayed in it a couple of nights at his yard. Yeah. I don't know if that's really allowed, but the gates were open. <laughs> Did he um, know? Nah. <laughs> well, that was the other thing. He was like, 
one one day I went there and he was like, yeah, mate, we'll get like old mate onto it seven o'clock in, or six o'clock in the morning, I think he said. Mm. And I was like, I'd stayed in it two nights mm. and like left at like seven you know. and there was no one there yet. Yeah. And I was like, you're not going to get your, ma- your fucking yeah. dude onto you're it at lying, six in the yeah. morning. Like, you're just lying to yeah. me. Um, Finally quoted it and he quoted me like seven grand to do, just do a head gasket. Mm. And because I'd just done a head gasket on it, I was like, I know how much parts are just for me to buy them over the counter. Yeah. Like, you've overcharged me for parts, like crazy, like looking at his quote. Mm. He's, double, he's like doubled up on stuff that he didn't need and then just added like an astronomical amount of labor. It was like 45 hours worth of labor mm. at like 110 bucks an hour, mm. whatever it was. And I was just like, dude, I, like I can't. There's no way I can afford this. Like, this is way too expensive. And when I went in there um, to, like, try and talk to him, see if we could maybe bring the price down or whatever, he he's, like, looked at me. He's like, oh, he thought he was trying to help me. But he was like, oh, what are you driving? And I just thought in my head, I was like, is this dude serious? Like, what do you mean, what am I driving? I was like, well, nothing at the moment. Like, that's my car. And he's like, oh, where, where are you staying? Like, where are you living? And I was like nowhere yeah but that's my house yeah. too i've like, been sneaking into the yard yeah like <laughs> do you tell him that no nah, no i haven't told him yeah. um well he's listening now so he knows yeah he knows yeah <laughs> i hope he's listening um luke you suck <laughs> luke you you suck um and then i was like well like i can't afford to do it i was like i'm just gonna have to do it myself again yeah. which i was trying to avoid but yeah anyway this is what we got so i organized a tow truck to come and get it um and then the tow truck rocks up. Luke's not there. Oh, he lost my keys. Or he just misplaced them, which was how I was like, you haven't actually done any work on it because you don't even know what my keys look like. Like, my keys are like... Hang on. Like, they're, they're pretty recognizable yeah, keys. Like, it's yeah. not like... Yeah, they're obvious. Uh, yeah, like... um, Yeah, he didn't know where my keys were. So I had the tow truck come and I was like, hey, man, I just grabbed the keys like the day before or whatever. And he was like, oh, um, they're in the bus. And I was like, no, they're not. And he was like, yeah, the bloke that did the test said he left them on the seat. And I was like, definitely didn't leave them on the seat. And he was trying to blame me. He was like, oh, I've noticed that you've like been in and out of it a couple of times. Like, you sure you didn't move them? I was like, nah, dude, they're not there. And then he wasn't there the day that the tow truck came. Mm. Still didn't have my keys, but I was like, I'll just get it out of there and sort out the keys later. It doesn't run anyway. Yeah. Um, and I knew how to break, how to break into it. Yeah. There's like one door that doesn't, one, I'm not going to tell yeah, everyone yeah, how to break into it. Right, yeah. Right, right. Um, <laughs> well, maybe, 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 maybe someone could steal it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone could either buy it, steal it or burn it. <laughs> one of the three. Or live in it somewhere. All right. So we're almost up to where it's living now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has been a long winded story. This has been long, but we're almost. I told you there was going to be yeah, long. Yeah. No, we need to know all the parts because. Um, it's been an adventure. Oh, dude, I'm living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> living the dream. Um, yeah, we're nearly done. So I got <laughs> people are just gonna skip through this. <laughs> I got um, I got it towed. Well, I was trying to get it towed, and the lady, like his office lady, was like, "You need to pay the invoice before it can leave the yard," and I was like invoice for what like he gave me a quote and i said it's too expensive and now i'm getting my bus towed because mm. i i can't afford to pay 
like what you want to charge mm. and she's like no no we've done like four hours work on it to do all the tests mm. she was like you need to pay us for that and i was like i told you what was wrong with it the other mechanic told you what was wrong with it like it, it doesn't take you four hours to figure out that it's got a blown head gasket yeah and she was like well that's what we've done like it can't leave the yard until you've paid the invoice and i was like what like what do you mean like <laughs> how much was the invoice 400 and 440 bucks yeah. 110 bucks an hour for four hours <laughs> of work that they like didn't do didn't because they do. didn't know where the keys were um <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like well i said to the lady i was like all right well i'll like how about this like you give me my keys and then i'll pay the invoice mm. and she was like oh, i don't know where the keys are i was like well call luke find out where the keys are you give me my keys and then i'll pay the invoice and she was like oh can't get on to Luke because um, he like what when he's not there he has his phone diverted to the office or something and I was like well alright tow truck's already like it was already on the tow truck at this point and I was like well when's Luke going to be back and she was like he'll be back in the morning I was like sweet well like I'm going to take the bus and then I'll come back in the morning yeah. you give me my keys and then I'll pay the invoice and in my head I was like once I got my keys I'm out of there. <laughs> I'm not paying for work. Like, I'm yeah. not paying for you to quote yeah, the, the bus thing. is gone now. Anyway, yeah, like, yeah. And, the bu- and I've already got the bus. Anyway, yeah. the tow truck driver was like, dude, I can't. Like, I was, he's like, I can't take it until, like, they've said that it's okay to go. I, I was like, they were not into it. They were not. Nah, the tow truck driver was like, nah. And then I told him, I was like, this is what's going on. Like, yeah. they're trying to charge me shit they haven't done. Like, mm. blah, blah, blah. And he... He was, like, on my side, but he was like, dude, if I tow this thing right now, like, I'll have the cops chasing me. Like, I don't mm. I don't want to borrow that. And I was mm. like, fair enough. Like, you see it, but you're also like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he could understand. But, like, and because I'd just come back from Cairns, I was like, I can't... Like, I can't afford 400 bucks for nothing right now. Mm. So, I, like, had to call Dad, Bank of Dad. And I was like, Dad, this is what's going on. And Dad was just like on the other end of the phone, just like, tell him to get fucked. <laughs> like, he was it. not having it. And I was like, I, I literally can't. Like, I'm stuck. I'm yeah. stuck. And yeah. he was like, well, why don't you just go down the cop shop and tell him that like, dad was like fully He's not, like, into, it. not yeah, into it. Yeah. And then I kind of waited around for a bit and I said to the tow, I tried to convince the tow truck driver again. I was like, how about I give you like an extra 200 bucks or something? And I was like, mm. let's just go. And he was like, nah, man, I can't do it. So I ended up having to hand over 400 bucks for like nothing Mm. as well as pay for the tow Tow truck, truck, which is fine. Um, Got it towed to Pizzy Skate Park where I'd stayed a few times before and I was like, there's a nice big area. There's like shops across the road. I can ride to the beach. There's a skate park. I can shower at the aquatic center. Like it's Mm. a good, relatively good location. Um, Got it towed there and it's been there ever since. And that's where I met you. Yeah. And that's where I found you. Yeah. Mate, that is, yeah, that's an adve- that's an adventure right there. Yeah, and it took, and then I went back to get my keys, the final saga. Yeah. Um, The next day, an old mate was like, nah, mate, they have to be in the bus. And I was like, then I'm telling you, they're not in the bus. He was like, where's it parked? Like, I'll just send the bloke that was doing the work over there and like get him to look through the bus and find, I was like, I'm not having your dude going just like would you just let someone rummage through your bedroom 
Yeah, the no. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is my house. Like, not happening. Yeah. I was like, I'm telling you, they're not there. And then he's like walking around, scratching his head, like looking stressed. He comes out. And he's like, right. Here's a number for this bloke. He's like a key cutter. He's like, get him to come over and like cut you a new key, and then just like send me the invoice and I'll. But pay don't you need it. the original key to cut it? I don't know. That's the thing. You need the key. To- <clears throat> You can't just cut a key from like a lock. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He seemed to think he'd done it before. <laughs> and and I was straight up looked at him and I was like, what about the other keys? And he's like, what other keys? I was like, well, there's a key for the bus. There's a different key for the fold-out table. Mm. There's a different key for the hatch at the back that has a generator in it. Mm. I was like, there's a different key for the back door. The latch on the back door is broken, so I've put two locks on there. There's different keys for those. I was like, listed off all these different keys. And then I was like... And I also have my motorbike key. I have my bike lock key. Like, all these keys. I was like, it's a big bundle of keys. There's, like, 10 keys on it yeah. and, like, a red carabiner and yeah. a chain. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I thought we were just looking for one key. Which was, again, when I was like, this dude hasn't done shit. Yeah. Like, he's, he's been, been lying to, to me yeah. the whole time. I've just given you 400 bucks yeah. for nothing. And then he goes into his office and comes out and he's like, are these it? <laughs> and I was like... Are you kidding me? Like, oh wow! Yeah, so they were just there the whole time. Luke sucks. Yeah, Luke sucks. Luke sucks. <laughs> Luke don't take, sucks. Don't take your vehicles to above all mechanical. They do not go. Can I stop saying the name? They're just saying the names. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll stop saying the they name. don't go don't above go, all. Don't go there. Don't go there. Yeah. Only, only thing they do is go above all and fucking you around. <laughs> How can we make this harder for you? And that's where I found you, parked in this car park. You yeah. should have come here. You should have come to Palm Beach, mate. This is a bit nicer. There's Well, the other good thing was that, like, Pizzy was, like, very close to, like, because the mechanic was yeah, in Berlin. Yeah, I can, yeah. It's cl- it's Getting cl- it down here probably would have cost me a bit. Yeah, so you got it towed to that car park. Yeah. Yeah. Got okay. towed to the car park. And then... Because I didn't realize that it had been, like... I thought it was fine. Like, I didn't know that it had happened. Nah. Because you haven't really promoted it very much, have you? <laughs> nah, not until today where I just cracked the shits and was like, someone take this away from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, talking to you about it and then seeing, like, bus for sale. I was like, yeah. ah. I put a, I Today, I actually went and got some spray and mark from Bunnings while I was there buying, like, a thread pulling kit to get the bolt that I snapped in the block out, <laughs> which I still didn't get out. <laughs> 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 it gets better. For anyone wondering, it's still in there. Yeah. That um, was the straw. And, yeah, that was the straw that made me just be like, oh, I want to sell this thing. It's got to go. I was going to check. Oh, yeah. Something to... Oh. Is it still going? Yeah, but I just want to... Because it's going to be... I can't do it. This is really annoying because I can't turn it around. I think it's going to be too... Oh, I hear someone a bit interested in it already. Oh, I have it up for sale on Facebook and Gumtree. Oh, and someone's asking about it. Yeah, I've had a few Someone's people. already heard the podcast, man. Yeah. I'm live streaming the podcast. <laughs> Got it, yeah. Um, yeah, so I bought a torque wrench because I was like, I'm going to need a torque, like at least I'm going to need to torque the head bolts. Mm. And then I was like, well, I may as well use a torque wrench on everything and like do it as properly as I can manage. Mm. Um, and there's like, when you put the head on, there's like all the head bolts. And then at the front, like just in front of the timing gear, there's like this little 12 mil bolt. I don't really know what it is actually there for. It like sits in a puddle of oil. Me and dad, when we took the head off the first time, we're like, why is it? Like we couldn't figure out why we couldn't pull the head off and then found this like little bolt that was submerged in oil. Mm. 
So I was like, all right, Googled the torque settings for that. Set my torque wrench. Started. I'd already tightened it by hand. Mm. Started tightening. I was like, this seems like excessively tight for this small bolt. Mm. Like double checked all the settings were right. Found like a different website that said the same torque setting. It was only like 13 Newton meters or something. Mm. Tightening it. Just snapped it right off. Snapped off flush with the block. So then I had to pull the head back off. And then I was like, well, now what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate. Yeah. We need to talk about something happier. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's the bus kind of sorted. (laughs) That's the bus, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But when it goes, when you sell it or someone steals it or any Mm. of these things. There's been good things that have come out of it. I'm sure that trip when everything was working. I've got a similar thing. Like me and my... um, me and my girlfriend were in uh, Italy. We drove a van from Italy mm. to... They made a deal with us, these New Zealand guys. If we drove mm. from Italy to Scotland, that mm-hmm. they would pay for tolls and the boat and everything. Yep. And literally the day after we got it, they had like a wire fuse or something or melted mm. and then it like shorted out. So the, it just stopped working. It just yeah. And then it just became the biggest fuck around. Biggest hassle. And yeah. it was like at the start, it was like, this is fine. This is fun. All good. We got a mattress. We got it kitted out. We're like, this would be cool to travel around in. Yeah. As soon as your van or bus or anything just stops working and you have no oh, idea and it's you're in a foreign a country where people don't help you and they just hang up the phone when you speak English. Yeah. Shit becomes hard real quick. Yeah. That would uh, that would be worse than the scenario. Oh, I mean, at least sure. you got like we were in um, <clears throat> Calais, which is like the little yeah. town before you go Dude, to Dover. Calais is a wild town. It's you know when you're driving to the ferry and there's just like those tent cities that are all behind mm. like. 10 foot fences yeah it's so strange it was a bit yeah it was i didn't really like it there to be honest i was like i want to get no. out yeah and we booked a ferry and then the car just shit itself mm. in a car park similar to what you had got mm. going on and we were trying to call people and just no one wanted to help us yeah and Belle can speak a little bit of french and she yeah. was trying so it wasn't even like she was answering like hello do you speak english yeah. she was like answering in french yeah and then trying to speak best she could and people were still like hanging up yeah, we were like, of it, yeah and then we didn't even realize, but like she talked to a guy and he like kind of hung up, but then we're like, oh, and then we were just like, what do we do? And then he showed up. Oh. So he found us somehow. It randomly. Yeah, like we were just like there literally like, what are we going to do? And then this yeah. guy rocks up and he's like, hello, like, are you the guys that called? Yeah. And we're like, yeah. So he like jump started us. Yeah. And we drove to another um, like battery place and we got our own jump starter thing. Yeah. So it's like a battery pack. And we're like, at least we've got this. We can jump start it and at least just try and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this is like the same as you on the Spirit of Tasmania because we had the ferry to yeah. Dover. So we like got on the ferry and we're like, this thing's not going to start when we go to get yeah, off. Yeah. But we're like, we've got a jumper pack. At least we can kind of like maybe use that to get it going. And yeah. then it started perfectly. And we're like, yeah. oh, it's fixed. Sweet. And then that happened for like twice and then it didn't start. So we jumped it. And then yeah. eventually the jumper pack went flat. So yeah. then we didn't have that. We were scared to turn it off. And yeah, then it yeah. was funny, man, because we ended up at Brendan Fairclough's house. Yeah. Well, it actually broke down and we, went, we met him in a cafe, him and his um, wife. Oh, crazy. And, and we're hanging, randomly bumped into him. Like yeah, we yeah. like pulled up, we knew we were going to see him eventually, but we pulled yeah. up in a town near his. Yeah. And we went out for coffee and we're just sitting there having a coffee and then him and his wife walk in and we're like, what the hell? Like that's random. Insane. And then we went to go back to his place and the van just like fully just gave up. Yeah. So he called his mechanic who came and jump started it. And then we went to his house and we're just like hanging out with his house he, with his little girl and stuff. Yeah. And sick. then we went to leave and it just shit the bed and we couldn't jump start it. And then we couldn't get a car in because his like driveway is quite tight. Yeah. And I had this moment of like, 
I thought back to when I like used to look up to Brendan as a rider, yeah. and I was like, if you could fast forward to like me in this heap of shit van stuck in his driveway, yeah, trying to jump start it, told twelve year old kid, twelve year old Dean that that was going to happen. That was yeah, it was like this, like you know when you picture your future, and if someone was in it. That's not the future that I would have pictured. Yeah, like yeah, him yeah. trying to tow this van yeah. out of his driveway with his Land Rover. Yeah. And it was just like, oh man. What a nightmare. But I know the feeling. So we just ended up dropping off the mechanics. Yeah. And we're like, fix, fix this. Yeah. I don't want to. It's not my. Yeah. Yeah. We were. I wish it. I could drop it off at a mechanic and just say, fix this. Oh. <laughs> I tried that. Oh. Luke didn't help me. Yeah. But like, yeah, know the, know the feeling. And it's. It's yeah, it's shitty, but yeah, it's just when you're in that situation of like just nothing seems to go right. No, but there's been good things that have come out of it. I think because I broke down in Melbourne initially, that like changed the whole course of my trip, obviously. Mm. Um, and that meant that like I had started talking to Miles from Lusty mm. when I was at Pineapple Express. I think it was this year. Yeah, it must have been this year when we were at Pineapple, like only like a month or two earlier. Mm. Started talking to him because um, I knew things were coming to an end with Fox. Mm. Um, and I rode, like Johnny was like my first sponsor pretty much. When I got put on Yarra Valley Cycles team when I was like 12, we mm. had Lusty as a sponsor. Mm. And when I left that team, like ever since, so it's like for the last six years, the whole time I've been with Canyon, mm. every year me and Johnny have like, Shout tried. out Johnny McLean. Yeah, absolutely. Legend. Absolutely. Legend. Shout out. Um, every year, me and Johnny have made contact and been like, oh, like, let's do something. But yeah. there's always been something like someone that I didn't want to let go that was going to overlap or vice mm. versa or what, yeah. no, but like whatever. Never lined up. Um, then I was talking to Miles initially about trying to run Fast House gear. And then he was like, oh, we don't do Fast House anymore. And I was like, oh, cool, whatever. <laughs> Just sort of left that. <laughs> Um, and then on my, cause of all that trip changed, I was like, oh sweet. On my way through Newcastle, like I know they've got a new warehouse and stuff. Like I'll just stop in and just say hi to Miles and Johnny and like see the warehouse. And like, I'd sort of been talking to Miles a little bit about a deal. Um, stopped in and I pretty much got in there and Johnny and Miles were just like, we're going out, like taking out for lunch. Like just walked down to this cafe, sat down. Johnny was like, let's like let's go let's do something and then get back and he like sits me in his conference room and he's just like all right let's go what are we doing and we just like sorted out like a sick deal for this year yeah which um all my stuff was supposed to arrive today but i think it will arrive tomorrow morning now for the weekend it's like that was cool that that's put me in a position next year where i can go overseas and i can go racing and have like support from all the sickest brands so it's who like, are the brands that they're supporting you with uh, it's full house of lusty, so it's Troy Lee, Maxis, Dady, ODI, Crank Brothers, and Elbeck. Sick. Yeah. Um, and already, like, yeah, already Johnny's put me in front of all those brands on a global scale, which is insane. Mm. Um, so it's like, yeah, so that was like one really, really good thing that's come out of the bus breaking down initially. <laughs> yeah. Because I pointing you in this direction. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone over there and I well I wouldn't have gone to Pineapple Express and started that mm. conversation to begin with um, and I've met a lot of people and had some like man this is the thing though it's like everything does happen for a reason and it's like it's yeah. so funny how we look at these struggles as something that 
is, oh, no, this is the worst thing that could have happened. Yeah. But, like, tomorrow <clears throat> the best thing in your life could happen, and that all stemmed from that bus breaking down. And that's always a thing. It's like you don't yeah. know if something's good or bad till it plays out. Yeah, there's always it, a silver lining. Yeah, and it plays out when you die. Like, everyone yeah. has, like that's the thing. Everyone's like... It's it's not over just because it's like a good thing started happening or a bad thing yeah. started happening. I was like, it just keeps playing out. Like your 100%. life until you die is always playing out. So it's like, yeah, don't and get even so, then it might keep playing out. Who knows? Yeah, you don't know. We that's don't the know. thing. You don't know. But yeah. people get so caught up. I look back at like some of the worst stuff that's ever happened to me, and then look years after that, and yeah. go, oh, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like at the time, you don't think that, but yeah. in the future, you always like. All the struggle that you go through always seems to be like a building block to something better. There's always something. It's like what we were saying the other night, like breaking my ankle mm. a couple of years ago was like absolutely for my, well, not professional yet, but for my riding career, mm. that was absolutely the best thing that could have possibly happened. Like mm. that completely turned my life on its head. Like I started looking after my body way better. Started looking after my mind way better. Like I'm a heaps healthier, happier person since then. Mm. just because I had to sit with myself for like however long and I just wanted to ride. I'd like just lit the fire enough for riding again when I broke my ankle because I kind of was not enjoying it that much beforehand. But I just lit the fire enough that I was like, how do I heal this thing as quick as possible because I want to get back on my bike. Mm. And like, yeah, built so many good habits and like that's absolutely changed everything like from that day on or that mm. few months on like learnt so much about how to look after myself <laughs> mm. dude i think adversity can either like destroy you or like make you stronger than you ever thought you could be mm. but it's what you do with it i think uh, like a perfect example is when you see people go to jail yeah and you see people come out of that and they're like found and they're like they've got this yeah. new perspective on life and they're yeah. so happier and healthier and better yeah, yeah and some people come out and they're obviously way worse so it's like yeah that's a, obviously a as an extreme pretty case. black and white case yeah. of it but with everything that happens like a broken ankle you could go the opposite way and go oh, i just want to sit on the couch and do nothing, eat, eat yeah. food and just go backwards or you could do what you've done yeah i actually like i think after sitting on the couch for six months i was like the strongest i'd ever been because <laughs> yeah. i'd been going to see like a pt twice a week because i was like well, what else do i do mm. i'd been like eating healthier than i ever had like it was crazy I came out of having a broken ankle like a new person. Mm. It was cool as. Yeah, when you focus on your health and actually yeah. see the benefit. And it would have helped the ankle heal quicker as well. Like everything yeah. would have been better. Well, the main thing was like I'd broken bones before and I knew that like I knew kind of how to heal a bone, but I'd never broken a ligament. Mm. And I broke the ligaments in my ankle, like completely destroyed the main one that holds your tib and fib together. Um, That's time consuming right there. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that... Like, already in the hospital bed, I was, like, researching, like, how do you heal a ligament quickly? Mm. Like, what do you need to eat? Like, what do you need to put in your body? Mm. Um, and, yeah, just knuckled down. And See, it's, like, the catalyst, though, for, like, researching that and then finding out that, like, that only wouldn't only heal. Like, something that's going to help heal a ligament is also going to help you oh, be a better person in be general. Healthy, like, be, yeah. a, be an athlete. Be a, yeah. Just yeah. it all flow on to, like, help your yeah. life flow better anyway. Yeah, like, didn't drink for, like, six months or whatever it was. Like, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was good, real good for me. And <laughs> but it all came from something that you p could perceive as in in the moment of it happening as being terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was weird with that injury. Like I never, there was not a moment. Probably, surely the moment when you've realised you've like done it, you'll be like, oh, this kind of sucks. Like there would yeah, have been I, a moment where I, rec I reckon there was like twenty four hours mm. where I was like, this sucks. 
And that was until I'd come out of surgery, basically, because I did it in Adelaide mm. and I did it in the afternoon on like a Friday or something. Mm. And I thought I'd just rolled my ankle. I was like, because I could still stand on it because your fib isn't a weight bearing bone. Mm. Your tib takes all the weight. So I could still stand on it with no pain. I just couldn't walk. And I was like, this is weird. Um, went home and then went to bed and woke up at like five o'clock in the morning or something like the most pain ever because it had swelled up yeah and i woke ben up my mate who i was like working and living with over there and it's like dude you need to take me to hospital now Mm. (laughs) like this is ridiculous so he took me to hospital and they like operated on me at 12 o'clock that same day really yeah just like went in got surgery straight away and then while i was laying there after surgery was when i was like all right cool how do i heal this shit like stri- I was just like straight into it and then that started or yeah which was cool oh, that's cool that's a good way to look at it yeah but other injuries yeah you just like sit around for a few days and then it's no good feel nah you can fall into it. it's a slippery slope and it can yeah you can fall into a pretty bad habit it's like I've got injuries where I've not dealt with them properly and yeah. just you get you get sad man like you can get depressed yeah. from an injury pretty easily like yeah. it's like all this work goes into something that then suddenly gets taken away yeah it's and crazy. then you're almost like why what's the point yeah like, I that yeah that like i said that one was like the best one ever yeah you just came out of it like oh this is fine we're gonna fix it and then that was when yeah like sat on the couch i got the all clear to ride like three or four days before crankworks rode a um and i could see that i was going to be on track so i'd already booked flights and entered literally like rode i think one day flew to new zealand raced crankworks didn't really do anything spectacular but um it was like dual slalom i remember i come up against bernard kerr in like the round of 16 or whatever so already like qualifying for the round of 16 i was like pumped i was like Mm. cool this is sweet i haven't ridden for you know four or five months or whatever it was um and he just got me out the gate both on both lanes Mm. obviously because he was strong and my legs weren't strong Mm. but the whole rest of the way down the track i could kind of like stick with him better than i thought and that just gave me like this massive confidence boost that i could still ride i just needed to get the strength in my legs back and then i organized i tried to organize a downhill bike which i couldn't for national champs mm-hmm. so then daryl was like oh we got a torque you can ride if you want i was like yeah sweet which is like their one i think it's one seventy mil trail bike or free ride bike kind of thing yeah i set that up race national champs with zero expectations but like I said to you the other day, it was like the first time I'd ever raced and been so strong in my upper body that I could just hold on and still be like attacking at the bottom of Bright. Mm. And then, on a trail bike or like a free ride bike, whatever, so like that's a hard thing to do there. Like that, that's hard to hang on and attack on it like a proper downhill bike, let alone. Yeah. Like, which I think. It kind of shows how like strong you had obviously gotten from the rehab you were doing and the, yeah, it was the crazy. fitness you were doing. Yeah, and because I'd just come off this, like, big confidence boost the week before of, like, not getting any results, but just knowing that I was riding good. Yeah, but that's the thing. You don't always need results to get build confidence. Like, nah. everyone has this idea that it's, like, if you're winning, you've got confidence, or if you're, yeah. like, here, you've got confidence. Like, yes, winning does build confidence, but also it's, like, if you're achieving your own goals. And yeah. when you're coming back from an injury, man, it's, like, you should, like you're not going to win straight away. No, but I wasn't you- expecting to get any results anyway. I just wanted, like, a few indicators for myself that i felt i was riding good basically Mm. 
And then I think because I was on the trail bike, I spent so much extra time like dialing my lines in, making sure my suspension was set up as good as possible. Like thanks to my mate Taron and also to Lockie, like spin that up, mm. Lockie McKillop. Um, Mr. Yabby. Yeah, they like, they helped me with my suspension heaps and because I was like, if, if my suspension's not as good as it can be mm. and my lines aren't as dialed as they can be mm. and my braking points aren't all like perfect, I'm going to die. But you think about that as well, like just because you're on a trail bike, that shouldn't be that determining factor. Like if you're on a downhill bike, you should be that thinking about the same yeah, stuff exactly. as well. Yeah, but that but it was emphasized for you. Yeah, it was. Well, it's just made me like focus on the stuff that I knew I should be focusing on anyway. Because yeah. I was like, this is like gonna suck if I'm not on point, mm. kind of thing. And then yeah, got fifth, and then that sparked my racing fire again because mm. I'd been over it. And then yeah, here we are. <laughs> It's crazy how like that, that <laughs> like the one percent everywhere can then mm. like make you realize how much you want like actually want to do something. Because I had a thing this year as well where I wasn't haven't been doing that well, mm. and I had like this thought because I hadn't been enjoying it. Yeah, I'm, like, am I just not enjoying it because I'm not doing well? Yeah, but then it's also like I'm not motivated to do as well as I should. So it's like this kind of cycle that you crazy. just crazy. You go around this loop of like I'm not doing well, so I'm not enjoying it. And I'm not, because I'm not enjoying, I'm not trying more to then do better. You get stuck in this cycle, which is shit. I I think for me, it's like, if I, it, it comes from not enjoying it first. Mm. If I'm not enjoying it, then I'm not going to do well. And then it's probably going to snowball to me, not enjoying it because I didn't do well, but it starts from just not enjoying it. Mm. Because it's like I said to you. How do you enjoy it then? Ride everything. (laughs) Like every bike. Everything. Ride everything. But that thing that's so like, because if I ride everything, I get over it. See, I'm the opposite. If I ride everything, like if I keep riding my BMX, like my racing has gotten like substantially better since I've been riding BMX more because mm. it just keeps it fun. Yeah. But, but everyone's different. Everyone's yeah, so everyone's different. different. Yeah. For me, like ride everything, only race tracks that are good because <laughs> I hate spending money especially my own money yeah. to go to a race a track that sucks there's nothing worse than being oh, at a mate. track where you like preaching the choir race weekend you don't really get much riding in to begin with because mm. it's a race you A either can't because the shuttles suck or B you don't want to because you don't need to slash don't want to fatigue yourself mm. so you don't really ride much at a race weekend and then if the runs you do do you're on track and you're like this track sucks like what you're not that's just a recipe for a bad weekend mm. sometimes you can't pick that though when most of the tracks we race are not that good aren't great that's no. why i don't race much <laughs> <laughs> but you're happy yeah i'm happy yeah. so and when i do race these like last since i got fifth on trail bike at bright mm. then we went to medina that track was sick got fourth went to medina again track was even better the second year in my opinion got third so at this rate, Threadbar should get second, <laughs> and then the year after that, I should win. Yeah, true. If I, I keep going pretty, on this pretty, trajectory. Yeah, pretty, yeah, I see that. I was aiming for higher this year, and I just got put back to third. But that's what you got to do, man. you got to aim for, like, the top. Or, like, the or aim for the top or the best that you can do. Like, I think it's, well, like, when I, you have that mindset, like, I've gone to World Cups, and it's... It's been rare, like there hasn't been many, but when you go to one and you're like, I'm here to win yeah. and like, I, you convince yourself and, and like, you, 
for me anyway, I can't bullshit myself in saying I'm going to go to World Cup and like I'm going to win. Like yeah. it, you can't just go like this no. year. I was not going to World Cups. Like I'm going to win. I was like I want to top ten possibly, yeah. like, but top twenty would be happy. But when but, you can go in that mindset of like, but I also think like for me, like when I got fourth last year, I wasn't there to win. I was there to do a run that I knew I could do. And mm. if I did like, I knew within myself that if I put down the run that I was going to be happy with. Mm. that was like a hundred like my 100 percent. that had probably put me in a good yeah. position on paper mm. but i was like even if i got 10th if i was super happy with my run i'd be mm. like sweet but this year was different yeah i was like i'm there i'm here to fucking win <laughs> and i know that if i do the run that i want to do yeah. i'm gonna win yeah basically was my mindset yeah it didn't quite play out like that but i also <laughs> didn't do i wasn't happy with my run yeah which was a tough it was like a hard thing to swallow because like I got I got a medal yeah which is great but I wasn't happy with my run it's a weird so I was thing like though, isn't it I was like my brain was like in this strange like complex of like yeah no I've am been... I happy am I sad like what the hell's going on yeah <laughs> it is tricky though because it's like you like it's you versus you and yeah. if you're not happy with how you went up against yourself. Yeah. You're not like that's what I've had the same thing where I've done really well, even yeah. when I've won a race, man. But I didn't like not that I like, yeah. gave up, but I didn't give it everything I could have. Like yeah, I yeah. knew there was more in the tank, and yeah. I didn't do it, and I still won. But it was like you I kind had, of like yeah. Well, I had more. It's like yeah. and that's the thing. It's like your only like your only real competitor is yourself. Yeah. And if you're not giving a hundred percent, you're letting yourself down, and that to me is like not a win. Even yeah. if on paper you did win, so yeah. it's like. It was like, it, it was sort of strange because I was like not happy with my, I wasn't happy with how I rode. Mm. I didn't really care what the result was because mm. I'm, because I only at this point, I pretty much race once a year yeah. at national champs or have done for the last few years. So like, it means really nothing. Yeah. Like I was hoping that I could go to Worlds, but because I wasn't going to go race overseas, I was like, oh, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, So whether I got 10th or whether I got 30th or whether I got 1st, I suppose first probably is different because it means I got to go to Worlds. But like basically from second to last place to me was like all all the same. Yeah. Um, So I was like, I just wanted to do a run I was happy with. Mm. Like having people be like, oh man, like good job. Like you're flying, whatever. I was like, thanks. It's a weird (laughs) weird thing though. Because like even just getting a medal at a national championships is like a big achievement. But then it's funny how it's like if it doesn't live up to the expectations you put on your in your head. Yeah. And I think that comes back to before how we were talking about like you went into that race at Bright on the trail bike. No expectation. No, I just wanted to do the best run I could. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny how that changes when you start to do well. And then yeah. you start to expect yourself and you have this expectation like I want to do this well. But I think that was why I left Champs this year with like the idea that I didn't do good was because my my definition of doing good is not it's it no changes. longer results based. I don't care what result I get. I yeah, just, but it was against just yeah, 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 yeah. So like it's still the same as when I got fifth on a trail bike. Except fifth on a trail bike, I was more happy with that fifth place mm. than I was with my third place because that fifth place run was like honestly one of the best race runs of my life. Yeah. Like everything I wanted to do I did like Yeah. To the, perfect it was sick yeah. whereas my run this year yeah on paper the result was better yeah but I knew that I missed a bunch of marks mm. yeah it comes back to you versus you <laughs> yeah you versus you yeah. yeah 
But if you can still put less expectation on you and just like, yeah. Yeah, just have fun, yeah. Have fun. But it is tricky. I think to be a good racer, it's like you're always battling with that thing about... Once a racer, always a racer. Yeah, it's always like a battle between like... I went bowling last night and I could not be competitive. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's everything you do. You're like, I want to do the best. But I think that's like comes back to the whole thing, like how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, I think so, so. So if you like cut corners places or don't like strive to be the best at something, yeah. and obviously there's points you can like let something go, but yeah, if if you're in a competition setting, it's like, all right, I'm going to give them 100%. Yeah, but then I think it's like, I don't know, there's strange things where, um, like I was saying to you the other night, like my last year as a junior on paper was great. <laughs> like <laughs> it was awesome, mm. but I hated that entire year. Yeah, I wasn't having. I was like winning back to back races mm. and being like, "Ah, oh, shit, we have to go to another race this weekend." Yeah, I just didn't want to be there. Why do you think that was? I just burnt out because mm. I own. That was where I figured out. Well, a couple of years later, I figured out that I have to ride everything to keep it fun. Because mm. I used to ride everything when I started racing. I rode everything, and as a junior, junior, like I suppose, did pretty good, pretty quick, and I was riding bmx i was riding moto i was riding everything they got to like under 17s or whatever i was like cool all right, i'm gonna start training properly like my trail bike is for training like i go pedaling on that to get fitness and then i do like time down or runs during like on the weekends or whatever didn't touch my bmx i was like don't have time for that pretty much just rode mountain bikes flat out 100 percent focus and just burnt myself out mm. was like the gist of it by the time I got to that point, I was like, cool, I've put in all this work and I am as good as I wanted to be, mm. but I'm over it. Yeah. I'm sick of it. <laughs> it's crazy how it's like that thing where the thing that will make you achieve the goal you want also pushes you away from it. Yeah, if you do it wrong though. If you do, That's the thing, yeah. if you can balance it. Yeah, whereas now I've got like, I reckon I could race, well, it still comes back to like, I wouldn't want to race shit tracks. But well, that's the thing you've it's your balance but at the same time it's like if you want to be a professional race like you're going to have to race shit tracks but it's like the balance of like what that's why I'm not going to be a professional racer well that's this one yeah, I want to yeah, lead, I want to yeah. lead back to yeah, as well um, but the whole thing is like you've kind of like tried to set this because you don't have to be a racer now like it's so, no. it's so easy to not be a like it used to be like you're a racer or you're not like you know it's just we yeah. can have if you, if you want to earn money go racing yeah basically but now it's like you can earn more money doing vlogs videos yeah like you've obviously like you've you've kind of i guess and this is we'll kind of like go back to the whole notion thing you mentioned earlier yeah and your kind of path you want to go down now because you're not really like kind of a free rider kind of a downhiller kind of a like you kind of do a bit of everything um can what what would you call you what's the definition of what you are i'm a bike rider yeah yeah (laughs) easy yeah yeah easy so but you like have found and a this, trail builder and a trail builder. Yep. But you found this way to like combine those two things and yeah. kind of set your own path instead of like just doing something that you weren't obviously enjoying. Yeah. And you can still have sponsors, still make money, still travel, live happily, and live this life you want to live. Yeah. And that's kind of come back now because obviously the biggest project you've done recently was Notion. Yeah. And like, how did that all come about? And what was the plan with that? And how did that? Did that go how you thought it was going to go? I uh, didn't absolutely didn't go how I thought it was going to go um, for a lot of different reasons. But um, the how that came about was 
I wasn't going to go overseas. I wanted to ride big jumps. We don't have big jumps. I thought that I could build big jumps. I was like, how do I, how do I do this? I was like, I may as well make a video project out of it. I wanted to do a project anyway. Um, Daryl was going to help, like from Canyon, he was going to help me with some costs for going to Crankworks Rotorua last year during COVID. Um, he was going to flip the bill for some of the quarantine costs. And then last minute, my flights all got cancelled and I couldn't go anymore. So I just called Daryl. I was like, well, like if that money's there, can I use it for a video project kind of thing? Um, and he was like, yep, sweet, no worries. Like put it all in writing. Let me know what you want to do and we'll talk about it. Um, so put together a proposal, did a full budget, like put this massive document together of like what I wanted to do, how it was going to go, all the deliverables that Canyon would get, what everything was going to roughly cost, I suppose. Um, sent that off. Daryl was like, yep, sweet, no worries. Like paid his invoice. And then I was like, well, I still need like more. So I went to Fox cause we'd spoken about doing video projects. They, we kind of like bounced around a few ideas with them for a while and then it was Christmas so that slowed things up and then it was like we were talking trying to line it up with a few different product drops Hmm. Um, and then it was national champs and then finally got the green light got all the money together Um, Rowan Saunders who's like the property owner of where we did it and he also owns the machines and he also is just like the biggest legend ever um he let us do it at his place and basically after national champs just sat in a digger for 15 days straight and just made it happen made it happen yeah but yeah there's like a bunch of people thought that you know canyon come up with this idea or fox come up with this idea and we're like oh do you want to do this mm. but it's like it's not like i don't know kind of had like make it if you want to do something you got to make it happen yeah you've got to push forward the ideas yeah. like they'll yeah. get behind it but normally it's like the athlete yeah. that would push forward like hey I want to do this that's yeah. what I've always found if you go yeah, to I think a company that's how it is yeah yeah if you go to a company with an idea and a plan and a, yeah. like a budget and all that you've yeah. got to put it forward and then they go okay or no it's yeah like, and then but since then like I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet so I won't give too many details but yeah. since that project now like Canyon of come to me and been like we have this bike launch that we want to do mm. here's the budget here's what we're thinking mm. like balls go, in your court kind go, of thing yeah which come. is like epic i feel so lucky to be in that position but you have to make something happen to have something to show to be like this is what i can do yeah before that before that happens have you got an idea of how you want to do it like this, hey do you want to like yeah how, <clears> like you want to do the next project yeah 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 well they they gave me like a brief of what they oh so they've already got a thing of what in they mind. want oh, okay, yeah okay um but i can still take that and and sort of run with it like mm. they've left me up to you know finding a film or finding a location where you're going to get two other riders on for it so mm. um so why didn't ocean turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out off the record i'm not getting into that right. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> you tempted me. You like you're yeah, like, I know. Yeah, um, I already told you, haven't I? No, I don't know anything about it. I actually, don't you haven't told me? Oh, you might have to take this bit out, but no, <laughs> no, I don't want to chop stuff sit. out. I don't want to chop stuff uh, out. No, it's too hard. You can you can say it. But I don't want to. I don't like. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like 
Give it like give it like a vanilla version. Yeah, it was um a PG version. Some people are already going to be pissed off that I've said that much, but it just the timing of the project Mm. was absolutely not what I'd hoped. Mm. Um, I'd hoped to like have the green lights, build it in like December, Mm. ride it for a whole summer, yeah, and then film like basically my plan was like the day national champs finish. I'll go out there and we'll start filming kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I I would have already ridden it for like yeah, two months. Like, like yeah. be comfy on the jumps, having have like tweaked anything that needed tweaking, like have it all dialed. Mm. But because the timeline got blown out and we didn't actually get the green light until after national champs, I was like building it in March, end of March, start of April, mm. which in Tassie is like pretty risky. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Especially if you're building jumps that size, like you need the weather to be, perfect um so i was like already behind on that just worked myself into exhaustion trying to like get it done it was like sun up to sundown for almost like 15 days straight or whatever it was like just Mm. in a digger by myself had some help from friends and like rowan ran the smaller digger a little bit or like car rolled stuff in had Mm. like a good crew that slaps and stuff but like primarily i just dug it myself and i think people understand the effort that goes into like building stuff that is that big and that works yeah well i i had no idea if it was going to work i'd never built anything remotely that size yeah um so that was like obviously a lot of like mental fatigue as well Mm -hmm. um and then we started filming i think we got like two days into filming or the first you have between finishing it and filming like finishing it i was finishing it when we'd already started filming so you hadn't got it done and you started filming it yeah yeah. we just started filming the stuff at the top while i was working the stuff on the bottom true yeah because it was like coming into winter and i already had a ferry booked true yeah Yeah, we need to get this shit done (laughs) um and yeah so that was like pretty heck like we'd film in the morning Mm. and then once the light turned shit because the light didn't look how i i suppose it could have like we only got you know usually if you shoot like sunrise you get to shoot sunset as well and it's like similar light golden hour kind of thing like golden hour the way that the sun went we only had sunrise Hmm. so i was kind of like maybe we should just lean into like the flat slightly darker moody light in Hmm. the afternoon which we had like six hours of Hmm. but jared was like no we have to go with the golden light in the morning which finished product is like probably worth it. It looks mm. sick, but it meant we had like two and a half hours to just cram it a day yeah. to film, and we had to be there at like five o'clock in the morning every morning, mm. and we'd film. It was probably like three hours. We'd film from like six thirty seven, and I think nine thirty was like the hard cutoff. Mm. Like we'd probably try and wrap up by like nine, mm. so that like doubled the shoot days because we could only shoot mornings. So instead of being four days, it was eight days of filming or whatever it was. And like three days into filming after having built it, like I was just completely cooked. I was so cooked. Like I was trying to ride and like just couldn't pump anything. I was absolutely exhausted. Um, I think people understand like filming a mountain bike project is such a physical task like mentally it's draining physically it's draining it's so many well it's yeah it's insane like 
And because I'm a perfectionist, I know what I want shit to look like on camera. Mm. Jared's a perfectionist. He knows what he wants shit to look like. We were doing so many takes of things because I want it to be perfect. He wanted it to be perfect. And like the chances of you both nailing it 100% at mm. the same time are like sometimes pretty rare. Mm. So I'd be like pushing up that hill and like because there's not much light, you're like running back up the hill pretty much. Like, it was physical, and then also riding the biggest jumps I've ever ridden at seven o'clock in the morning with no warm-up was, like, mentally, it was hectic. Mm. It was so hectic. Yeah, it's a lot to, yeah. just your brain to comprehend before your body yeah. even gets involved. Like, um, that drone clip I put up the other night, like, as a reel, mm. that massive, like, step up, like, slightly right hip thing mm. was the second jump in the line, third jump in the line. Mm-hmm. And, like, every morning that we were filming, because that jump worked really well, actually. It was super easy. That was my warm-up. Just to go into it. Like, 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, I'd be jumping that thing. How big was the jump? Like, 50, somewhere in the 50-foot realm. <laughs> but, like, it sends you up. Like Yeah, I saw yeah. I saw when someone bailed. I don't know if it was you yeah, or someone else. Yeah, that wasn't me. They just jumped off halfway, and yeah. they just, like... Pfft. Yeah, that was, like, first like test and the lip was so soggy i don't know why we even thought that it was going to happen that day <laughs> but yeah like seven o'clock in the morning being like right i've had a coffee let's go let's <laughs> like, going. it was so hectic so yeah i had to take like a week off because i was just like completely cooked before you finished it yeah i was like i think we filmed yeah for like three four days mm. took a week off then jared come back down and then we had some rain <laughs> Then Jared come back down and then, or Jared was going to come down on Sunday and we Who's were going to... Jared, Jared, what's his last name? English. English, Jared yeah. English, yeah. So, because I took a week off and then it rained for a couple of days and then we had to wait like a few days of sun before it was dry enough for us to start filming. Mm. We had like this bullshit window of like three days and then that window finished on the Wednesday and I flew, I uh, sorry, I like got on the boat. You got on the bus. On the, yeah, got on the boat on the Thursday. Yeah. And on the Saturday afternoon, I was like, all right, cool. I haven't ridden for a week. I should probably go out there and like ride. Mm. So I went out there Saturday afternoon, was riding, like did a few runs, had a crash, which like I was just wrecked. Mm. So we couldn't film. Like, I crashed on that step up, like, the real big one. Mm. Crashed on that. We couldn't film Sunday. I had to call Jared and was like, dude, don't don't come down yet. Mm. And then that meant that we had, I think, mon- yeah, Monday, Tuesday. Not even. I think Jared couldn't do Monday or whatever. So, we had, like, Tuesday, Wednesday to, like, finish filming. It was so hectic. I think I need to buy, like, a spa voucher and you just need to go and just, like, <laughs> go for a spa for a week or so and just get, like, rehabilitated oh, and rejuvenated. When I, um, every time I go see Caroline Buchanan in mm. Canberra, they have, like, a, a sauna at their place. Yeah. Like, first thing I do when I get there, I'm just, like, beeline it for the yeah. sauna. <laughs> sauna, ice bath, yeah. massage. So we, good. We need a refresh. You need a, yeah. Yeah, I've pretty much just been going since then. Yeah, we heard the van story, we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know you've been deep in it. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that, there was like a lot of things with that project that went wrong. Yeah, it's just a bit crammed. I feel like with a lot of that stuff, man, like it always seems to get like, you get this time frame and then it just never seems to line up. Like I know whenever we've shot stuff, it's always like, 
oh, we need to shoot all this stuff in two days. Yeah. And you're like, why two why days? Yeah. yeah, why? Well, it's just expensive to do more than two days. No, but it's just even like we only have two days and then like we don't have like, and then we're, oh, la- we're launching no it. Wiggle room. Yeah, 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 like we're launching this in a week. I'm like, yeah. what? But you've had it for months. Yeah, this is with heaps of different companies. This has always been a, the the kind of similar thing happens. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff with that project, like that. Yeah, I've learnt to do different for next time. Like, mm. I could organize things so, like, so much different mm. to make sure that things run smoother and like allow more time, allow more budget for like. Yeah, I, I learnt a lot mm. about trying to organize stuff, but like, until you've done it. It's you don't hard, know what yeah. you need to do. Yeah, exactly. There's no, like, guidebook. Like, the only thing, only information I could figure out to learn from was, like, there's heaps of videos on YouTube for some reason that tell you, like, how to write and pitch and organize a music video. Mm. So, that was, like, how I learned to put together, like, a, a document to pitch the project in mm. the first place. Mm. And then, like, that, I was just basing it off, like, how do people organize yeah music well, you need videos. to sell you need to sell them a product this is the thing people like, yeah and this is what i used to do i used to go to scott or intense or whoever it was and says and say like i want to do a video mm. and they're kind of like cool what are we going to get out of it yeah what are we going to get out of it what's yeah. the video about how yeah. much is it going to cost where are you going to shoot it yeah. Well, yeah it's like you need your deliverables <clears throat> you need your time frame need your budget once you get all that they're like oh this is an actual product that we can see yeah and then they can determine whether they want to do it and if yeah. you put that forward, normally like, yeah, sweet, let's let's go ahead. Yeah, which is yeah, that's what I had to learn how to do. Mm. And then, on, because like, the budget was not huge in the end because we doubled the days of filming. So like, Jared was already like doing a huge favor and mm. running at a loss pretty much, I reckon. Yeah. But then that meant that like, he didn't have time to cut together like all the reels and like all the social media content. So like, all of that content. He just sent me two files that were like the video, the main video and the behind the scenes video. And then I just spent like three days just in front of the computer, just cutting reels. Yeah, and I was like so overwatched. And then by the time the video came out, I was like, I don't even know if this is good anymore. Yeah. Like I'm so sick of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad how that happens, eh? Like yeah. when you actually get stuck in creating it. Yeah. By the end of it, you're like... It's like you never use a song that you love when you're editing a video because no. you just hate the song no, by the end yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, you just give that to someone else. Like, can you make this cool? Yeah, handball that one. Yeah, handball over yeah. there. Yeah, no, yeah. I know the feeling. But yeah, that project was hectic. But it's that's also like, it was definitely worthwhile putting myself through because that's again another like it's just like a learning, learning. I've, I learnt heaps. It's like a lot of opportunities have come from that. I think it was a good, like I kind of wanted to like make a bit of a statement and be like, I can ride this stuff like if i can build it and test it well, and not die thing. yeah that's the other thing you can build it and write and that's like something i think seven ock is like made like when he builds completely random stuff well it's like obviously yeah. him and his crew of yeah. people but they build it and then write it yeah it's like it's this art form where it's not just you writing it's like you like because yeah. trail building is art oh, I, don't I don't care that's what why i do it yeah it's i'm like an artist is, at heart I exactly <laughs> it's like this art you can build and then you write it so it's like yeah two of your passions are combined it's one of the coolest things that i don't yeah. think people can kind of grasp unless they do both yeah 100 percent. and like build like building stuff that big mm. not i don't know like if you're building say like a fest series course i don't want to compare it to fest but it's like as close as it's mm. like what else do you compare it to i suppose um 
it's like all those dudes have ridden stuff that big mm. or now at least like back in the day gnarly as shit because they're like well i don't know if this works it's unknown it's the biggest yeah. jump anyone's ever done on a mountain bike but it's like building it and then trying to test it when you've like actually built it yourself and your friends like i had good friends there that were that i trusted their judgment like mm. josh johnston he's like worked in whistler on like joyride crew like I trust his judgment of like if something's going to work or not, mm. but at the same time, he's not riding off that lip. Yeah. That is like, he doesn't, he like didn't want to borrow jumping that shit. Yeah. So then you just like all of that pressure of building it, getting it done. Mm. And then all of a sudden you're like, cool, sit on the roll in, mm. <laughs> hope this thing fucking works. It's so much like mathematics to it that you don't even understand. Like your brain's like a supercomputer trying to figure out like yeah. angles and like, I, like, I changed that lip of, the step up lip like the one that's in the trees mm. i changed that lip like four times like very subtly mm. before i was comfortable to send myself off of it because mm. i was like the, the other jump was kind of like pretty slack it was pretty long but i couldn't really see much going too wrong i was mm. like as long as i feel like i got speed it's gonna be fine whereas the step up was like it felt like riding a bmx jump except mm. you're going like 60k an hour mm. and it's like 45 foot long or whatever like it sent you just up and i was like i've never ridden a jump like this i've never seen a jump like this in person i've definitely never fucking built one mm. so i was like i can think that i know what's going to happen when i go off that lip but i was like i have no idea yeah, you're gonna find am that i just out. gonna go straight up and not go <laughs> forward or what like yeah, it was crazy i feel it's funny my um my pa actually asked me i was making like a motocross track in our paddock and i was building like a double and yep. just my pa just like came up to me as I was building it. He's like, how do you know how big to make it? And I kind of like stopped and I was like, I don't, I, I yeah, don't know. I know. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's years. Yeah. It's years of just doing it. Like someone, cause there's obviously not a set out, like you can't get a qualification as a trail builder. No. But it's one of the hardest things to do properly. And 100%. so many people can't do it properly. No. And I think it's like, I was talking to someone about the other day. I was like, I'm probably just as good of a trail builder if not better than a rider because i've been building trails since i was 10 years old yeah, it comes from necessity i think in australia especially or in mm. victoria especially mm. it's like if you want to ride certain stuff you just have to build it because there's no bike parks mm. or there's a couple popping up now but like when i was younger i didn't have any mountain bikes i didn't have anything to ride mm. we didn't even have a skate park in my town mm. if i wanted to ride stuff i'd build it and you got to put in time, man. Like it takes, like yeah. I, I was funny because when we went surfing um, not too long ago, like when I went surfing with Jack, um, I just remember watching they could read the waves yeah. and they would like know when a wave was coming and they'd start paddling and I'd just be like, what, what are you paddling what for? What are you yeah. paddling for? And then they'd be up on a wave. Yeah. And I was like, you've done it so long that you can understand how to read the waves. And yeah. it's just like with trail building, like you understand how to read the terrain and yeah. use the terrain. Yeah. Like I'll walk down a track and be like, that'll work, that'll work. Yeah. And like how to use it in a way that, takes the least amount of work but we give yeah. you the best result that was and the same thing with notion i was like how can i build the biggest jumps possible by moving easy. like the least amount of dirt exactly exactly i think people don't see that people just yeah. try and move all this dirt and it's just it's just if you haven't done it you don't understand it properly yeah. and it's just it's kind of sad in australia because we don't actually have that many good trail builders and no i think there's in australia from my perspective there's a lot of dudes that don't do it for a job that should be Mm. and there's a lot of dudes that are doing it for a job that probably shouldn't be. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of tracks out there that you just like. I just question some of it, and it's like when you yeah. see stuff where it's just basic stuff where I'm like, there's no drainage here. Yeah, there's no there's no, you can't carry speed here. Like you're yeah. building jumps, but you're not going to get any speed out of that corner. Or like, the they, opposite. A lot of the time is like people build a jump trail and it's just way too fast. Mm. And I'm probably guilty of doing that at some point, but like I think people just don't. They either don't ride the stuff that they build because it's such a fast-paced industry where you're like, cool, built that thing onto the next one. You mm. just move on. You never come back. So people don't get to like pay attention to whether like the stuff they've built works or not. Mm. Yeah, they're just in and out. Or they just do ride it and they're like, oh, I built it. So this is like yeah, the best a, thing there's ever. There's a lot of ego involved in yeah. it. Yeah. It's like a lot of the stuff I built sucks mm. <laughs> from my opinion anyway. Because like... I think you've got to kind of, oh, there's a certain thing where, like, I think, I think a good trail builder can build a trail for everyone. Yeah. I and that's the thing. It's like, they can build it. And that's what I try and do when I build something. I want to build it so your girlfriend can ride it and have mm. a smile on her face and I can ride it and have a smile on my face. Mm. And it's the same track. Building, and I think that's doable. And people Building don't get a green that. trail is like the hardest. Actually, I reckon a blue, a blue trail is the hardest thing to build. And mm. blue is like intermediate at best. Mm. Because as soon as it's not green, people just like turn a bit of a blind eye to some of the guidelines and they're like, I'm just going to build a jump. Mm. Or like, it's going to be this steep or whatever. And it's mm. like, nah. Yeah, you can't do that. No. Nah. You're going to take someone out. Yeah, someone's going to die. How do you feel about the trail network in uh, Bright Victoria? <laughs> I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I want to get piss some people. I want to get into that. Because it sucks. Oh, it's hopeless. Hey, and it's terrible. I feel like I can have an opinion on this because I go and try and make yeah. it better. Yeah. And there's so much like it's just okay. This is my opinion. You can't have a successful mountain bike park in a plantation where the trees get cut down all year round. Like it just no. you need to own the land. The yeah. it needs to be you need to own the land and have. Comp- one entity you can't have a commercial park no 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 and the fact is that now they're charging people to yeah. go and ride it when more and more stuff keeps getting destroyed and it's like one step forward three steps back and but also like where i would like some answers as to where that money's going because oh, last time i went there the road was cooked the trails are absolutely fucked Dude, the fact that me, Sam Purdy, Zach Bradley, and I think someone else was with us, we I wanted to go fix the World Cup downhill track there because yeah. I wanted to train on it. So yep. we went there. I I talked to the um, head, ma- like the management of the trail crew. Yeah. And he's like, yep, go for it. I trust you. You know how to build tracks. Go do it. We went to go up. There's a guy in the gate at the bottom that was like, no, no way. You're not working on it. And I was like, yeah. I've got onto Mark. It's all good. Yeah. He's like, still hesitant. Still yeah. wasn't like, oh, okay, it's fine. He's like, oh, door. Yeah. And I was like, I wanted him to like argue with me because yeah. I was like, yeah. I had I had fire. I was like, I'm trying to do your job does, for free. With do those, my- does the dude that sits on the gate, is he part of um, forestry or is he part of the mountain bike club? Mountain bike club. So he'd be, yeah, right. he'd be getting paid. That's where that money's coming. <laughs> Part, partly. But anyway, like we went up there and maintained, like fixed up this whole track in two afternoons. Yeah. And it was like, it's it, went, it was to the point where it's not only needed work just because make it better, it was dangerous. Like yeah. there was like blind drops, water ruts going off the track. Like yeah. the fact that, and this whole idea that people come up with where it's like, oh, it's just more challenging. Fuck off. 
Like, yeah. I race World Cups and that's dangerous. That's yeah. not challenging. That's dangerous. No, it's just like... It's I've, laziness and it's dangerous. I've gone to so many tracks over the years where, like, people have built features, like man-made feature, mm. or disregarded maintenance in yeah. a certain section for that exact reason where they're like, oh, yeah, it just makes it technical, gives you something to think about. <laughs> it's like, no. If you put a tree in the middle of the track, right? Yeah. That doesn't make it technical. Yeah. That makes it dangerous. Yeah. Full stop. Like, you can maintain you can maintain a track mm. and make it safe mm. and still create line choice and still like make people think about stuff. Yeah. And it not be dangerous. Yeah. This is this is the thing I also want to mention. Like, I would happily pay a park to ride. Happily, I'd pay more than what they're asking if that money was going directly back into trail development, yeah, trail maintenance, mo- road maintenance, like make it something worth, like what, like what product are you giving us? Like you're not only is the park, it's not even just maintaining what it is. It's going backwards with the forestry. So I'm like, every time losing... I go there, it's getting worse. Oh man. It's like, and it's a big part of like why I left like bright because yeah. I moved there. That's controversial. To, but it's like, literally, <laughs> yeah, I, like, yeah. I went there to train that's and a big you, statement. And though. you and use it and like this Bright is a, better be listening. This is a trail facility. Dude, I offered to for free to build a new downhill track and yeah. Mark McConaughey, a guy that works there, offered machinery. Yeah. They just had to cover his fuel. Yeah. I applied, I walked the hill I think three times in total, once mm-hmm. with a GPS and twice just to like mark out a line. And they're like applied for it, did all like paperwork, everything. I was like, I'm gonna do Good this, to go. gonna do this properly. Anyway, two and a half years later, nothing because it's got to go through so many channels and yeah. networks to try and actually make anything happen because yeah. it's got so many entities like the paragliding, the forestry, yeah, and the yeah. mountain bike club. It's too many people. Anyway, got to that point where I'm like, this is too hard. So yeah. I just go buy, build illegal tracks by myself yeah. where no one knows where they are. Well, people do know where they are, but like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm, I don't care. Just go do it somewhere else. Yeah. And that's why Victoria has so much, has like an issue with people building stuff illegally Mm. because it's too hard to build stuff legally Mm. and the stuff that does get built legally either sucks (laughs) or it's like not built well and it falls apart or but mostly it just just sucks yeah it's like i don't understand how a council right and this is not even mountain bike club's fault i don't see how a council can like see kids building dirt jumps in the park and be like can't do that bulldoze lows and then replace it with an asphalt pump track or an asphalt pump track's all right actually replace it with a dirt pump track yeah it's like the kids wanted jumps yeah build the kids jumps yeah and then you see that dirt pump track and the kids have built jumps on the pump track yeah it's like they're building jumps because they want to ride jumps or like whatever it is or they're building illegal downhill tracks because they want to ride downhill tracks don't go and build them a cross-country track yeah like just it's seems simple to me but I think it's like too much red tape. Yeah, it's man. I get it's, it's yeah. I get just frustrated with it. Like I've been racing mountain bikes for sixteen years, and yeah. to see mountain bike parks go backwards, yeah, and to see places like close lifts and yeah. tracks get, in my opinion, built worse. Yeah, it's just like like you you fight an uphill battle, yeah. and it just it honestly makes me a bit sour on the whole thing. Like I, I, I honestly try. Like I try yeah. to like put more effort in and like yeah. help and like I'll I will hundred percent get on a shovel 
and go work for six hours a day to make a track better for free. Yes, it benefits me because I get a ride it, but also... <laughs> car. Car going home. Vroom, vroom. But also when there's people that are getting paid $40 an hour. Yeah. It's Do like... You, I actually had this conversation the other day with the guys at Boomerang Farm because we were talking about like the lack of um, building culture, I suppose, in like today's current climate mm. like we said before like if we wanted to ride something when we were younger we had to go build it or mm. we at least had to go and help build it because mm. you couldn't just go to a bike park hand over 50 bucks or 80 bucks or whatever and yeah. go and ride shit that's already been built for you whereas now you can do that so i feel like a lot of kids especially it's like like look at boomerang farm you can go ride jumps there Mm. some of them aren't the best some of them are really good mm. but like you don't need to go and build your own jumps you can just go pay a dude 50 bucks they'll drive you to the top of the hill mm. and you can ride jumps that somebody else maintains mm. I feel like that's kind of like definitely it's really cool that there's commercial bike parks and it's epic that you can go and pay money and ride something that somebody else has built and we can have like a sustainable career building the stuff mm. but at the same time the ability to be able to do that has like killed the need for kids to go and build their build, own yeah, shit, yeah. which means that like the cl- like the club here, they can't get kids to come and help with like dig days out of Illumbar or like maintenance I've, on I've tracks or whatever. Underst- Cause like, I've never understood that man. Like there's <clears> so many kids that I know that ride that had never see them working on stuff. They don't need to. But like, I kind of do because everything's like is not great. Like I feel in like in bright they do. Yeah, I know, but I feel like in a lot of places, man. Yeah. Like as a kid, like I would, I remember I'd ride tracks, and there was, there was tracks there. Like there yeah. was tracks to ride. But like these aren't any good. Yeah. So like, you're gonna I, make them better. Yeah. So I'd always go out, and I actually really enjoyed it as well. Like yeah. it was like therapy and art yeah. to me. Of like yeah. creating something like really cool was like a passion. There's and nothing better than like going out by yourself or with some mates, mm. and it's like. Playing music, mm. drinking a couple cans of soft drink or some beers or yeah. whatever, and just building something, and then you go and ride it. Yeah, it's like literally the sickest thing ever. Yeah, it's such a like a, the whole process is cool. Yeah, and it's, especially if you go out by yourself and like just chuck some headphones in, and you just like you almost like get in that flow state or whatever yeah. you want to call it. You just completely zone out, and you're like especially digging dirt jumps because mm. it is. For me, digging dirt jumps is massively about like the artistic side of it yeah. and like trying to make stuff look as pretty as I can. You're just like there slapping a lip and like getting all the corners like perfect and you're like, holy shit, it's been four hours. Mm. Like, where did that go? Dude, I'd be lost on, like, I'd go probably, yeah, four or five hours just yeah. be on a pick. Just yeah. like picking away like a single track, like yeah. just ripping into the, and like fitness, like you fit, you're in nature. Yeah. You're creating, it's you're being sick. artistic. It's like all these, it ticks all these boxes. Yeah, and not only that, you're like building exactly what you want to ride. Yeah, so you can't which complain. Is epic. I hate when I hear kids that complain about shit. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, there's no good jumps here or there's no, oh. like this turn sucks, go that's, fix it. That's why I feel like I've almost got some like, because I, I hate people that just complain but don't do anything about it. But yeah. in Bright, like I've been not only fixing what's there, even when I get resistance from it, 
been trying to build new stuff, been like making like I'm like I am not just complaining about this not being yeah, good. I am proactive, proactive as yeah. much as I can. Yeah, and it's still just not going anywhere. So I'm like I'm I'm out. Yeah, but like I said, those kids, even if they complain about the stuff not being what they want or it being flogged or whatever, mm. they can still go pay. How much is a shuttle day with blue dirt? I'm not too sure off the top of my it's head. It's too much because they don't put it much back in from what I've seen, but. You can go... <laughs> getting real controversial. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they do, but I haven't seen it. When well, we're I don't think they can. I think they. I think Blue Dirt have tried to put more like work because I think they they said they would build a track from the top of Bright and the club didn't want them to. So I okay, think they've I got... T- I, I retract that statement. Well, I think Sorry, Blue I'm Dirt. pretty sure... I, th- I think they've got pushback as well. I'm just salty cut- from when we built Hero Trail and Jacko worked through the night so we could get it open for their shuttle day mm. and they wouldn't give the boys a free day of shuttles. <laughs> I was just like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> <laughs> you have a you have a shuttle that exclusively goes to the start of Hero Trail. Yeah, like the, at that point, there was nowhere else. Like you get dropped to Hero Trail, you ride Hero Trail, full stop. Yeah, wouldn't give us a free day of shuttles. True. I, I have was. No, I have no comment on this. I was pretty salty. I about didn't it. know about this. I have no comment. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> sure they're putting back in now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, what are we talking about? Just pretty much how Australia needs better trails and. If yeah. you're listening to this, go and, to Tassie. And you're, yeah, go. <laughs> dude, I got back from Derby and Medina yeah. after that national champs trip. Yeah. And I went to this track I was building, and I remember just being so inspired and motivated yeah, to be it's like, epic. I'm putting more effort into this because yeah. I can and I should. Yeah. I but then, I, other side of the coin is you go ride that stuff. Like, go ride Medina, hmm. and you go ride Bright, and you're oh, just like, what is this? That's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It sucks. Dude, or you go to Europe or Yeah, or you Canada, come back and you're just anywhere. like, what the hell? That's why like, I don't even ri- I really care that much about riding in Australia anymore because it's like, if I'm fit, healthy, my mind's in a good place, mm. I can just go to Europe, be there for a week, get my bike speed back up. That's why, then- that is why I moved to Tassie. Yeah. Because I thought like, riding here is the best. It's the too- place is sick. I just don't think, it's too isolated for me. That's the only thing. Like, Maydean is like, you're in... Oh, you went... I moved to Hobart. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Living yeah. in Hobart is so sick. But then even to, like, get to the ridings an hour, that's the only... Like, when I'm van, in, bro. What's that? Yeah, but I li- like, but then you're isolating yourself. Like, that's what I mean. Like, when I'm in Europe, it's like I live in an apartment where yeah. I'm, like, I have a five-minute walk to the lift, and I can ride and do... Probably if I wanted to, I could probably do 40 runs in a day, realistically. I think you're just a bit spoiled. No, I think it's... <laughs> I, I think it's just, like... But how how couldn't that be the same... Yeah, like, I don't understand why we can't have that here. Exactly. Exactly. It's like... Yeah. We're so... Like, it makes me... Like, I'm a bit there, like, cynical and sour on it just yeah. because of... No, I get I've what you're saying, though. have done it for so long and it's just it's just stagnated. The first trip I did to Europe, like, when I was young, mm. I just stayed in a chalet in, like, at the base of Supermorzine, pretty much. Yeah. And you just, like, roll out your front door to the lift, yeah. do as many runs as you can fathom, mm. ride, like the sickest tracks ever you could literally ride whatever you wanted pretty mm. much you ride jumps you could ride berms you could go ride plenty steeps mm. which are like insane you could ride over to chatel freedom do as much riding as you want mm. get a pastry on the way home done and then you're not motivated to come home and sit in a trooper carrier for come home a road that's yeah run down and yeah it's just it's come home and you're like well you got to organize shuttles yeah what the hell it's, and there was no bike parks back then I couldn't even go to Medina and just pay a dude and be like, yeah. drive me up the hill. Yeah, that's a new thing as well. Yeah. How do we, yeah. 
kids out there, really guys out there, anyone, just grab a shovel, go help your club, like put in the effort. Go build some shit. Yeah. But it's just, if they'll let you. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, that's, that's the other the thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it illegally. <laughs> I shouldn't be advocating for that, but like I've spent, I, I cut my teeth building illegal trails. I've, that's how I yeah, am I'm, the trail I'm, builder I've been, that I've I am. Been, I've been the same. Yeah. I've had but like, like no, oh, actually not all of them actually. I've had dirt jump spots, bulldozed. I've had like downhill tracks block, like mm. delete, like. You know what I learned from this? And this was like a really good life lesson that I didn't even realize. But Teach it, me. It built this res- <laughs> this resilience in me. So when I was younger, I yeah. always built dirt jumps because we lived on a farm. Yeah. And every year when the grass would get longer, my uncle would put sheep into the paddock yeah. that I built the dirt jumps and cool they would just them. wreck them. Yeah. Again and again. Yeah. And again. Yeah. And you know what? I would rebuild them again. Yeah, exactly. And again. Yeah. And again. And subconsciously it taught me this thing that was like you can put all your effort into something and create something that took hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And something outside of your control could come and destroy it. Yeah. And you know what you gotta do? Just do build it. Build it again. Yeah. And just keep doing it. And it's yeah. just like it I didn't realise until years later like that resilience that it was building in that lesson because I remember I hated when these sheep would come in because I couldn't stop them like I tried to build a fence around it but it was just nothing it was it was just this is how (laughs) this is how it worked oh I would be so salty at that like imagine spending like you know what it's like to build them and like build them properly and then one day like because I wouldn't get warning I just come home one day and they'd just be Be yeah they're just done yeah, you'd be like, oh, well, I suppose trail season's over. Yeah, literally. Literally, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well. Yeah. And we, then I, we had our dirt jumps, like, bulldozed one time. In We dug them for, like, four years. Mm. There was, like, probably five of us, I reckon, that were consistent for, like, four years. They were in this, like, real nice little spot, tucked away. All the people on the street closest were fine with it. Mm. The farmer whose land it backed onto, we actually thought it was his land for like the first two years until we spoke to him. Mm. And he was like, oh, no, I just used to use that for my cows. Like there was just a hole in the fence or whatever. Mm. And then, yeah, we just come home one day and there's just a sign that said these jumps are getting bulldozed. And we're like, cool. Do you reckon the person bulldozing felt bad or do you reckon he enjoyed it? Nah, he felt shit. Dad, Dad's the local postie in oh, that. Okay. He delivers that street. That's how I found that spot. Yeah. Um. And... He was there the day that they were unloading the trucks and dad was like, what are you guys doing? Mm. And the, apparently the dude driving the dozer was like, he did not want to be there. Yeah. He was like, this sucks. Well, that's nice at least. He's not like... Uh, he's not happy about no, it. No, he's yeah. not like smiling and yeah. laughing like but maniacally. We organized a um a meeting with the council. To try and keep him. To try and keep him. And they basically come out and were like, oh, it's really cool what you guys have done here, but um, yeah, we're dozing them anyway. Yeah, it's all well, this like, red tape, health and safety, like... Yeah. Well, they said if we... What did they say? I think if we had have set ourselves up as a club and got insurance as a mountain bike club... Yeah, but you're kids, man. Yeah, it was never going to happen. Like kids. They, they, like, laid out this, like, way that we could maybe keep them. Yeah. But it was, like, that is n- so unachievable for a bunch of 14-year-old kids. Yeah. Even with mum and dad's help, not going to happen. Yeah. You set up an ABN. You set up trading. an ABN, get, make yourself an established mount. Basically, we had to turn ourselves into a BMX crypto? club. Yeah. We had to turn <laughs> ourselves... start trading crypto, we might think about keeping them. We had to turn ourselves into like an official BMX club. Yeah. Like same as like any BMX racetrack would. Yeah. Pay like the same insurance that they would pay. Set up a little clubhouse. And we could keep the jumps. Yeah. 
Just, is stupid. If you've got some, if okay, so don't build them illegally. Find a friend of yours that has land and build them on. Yeah, that's the that's, that's the, the dream. That's and also not sheep. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, but if there's sheep, like still build stuff. Yeah, still do it. It'll, it'll build, teach it'll you some be, lessons. Yeah, build resilience, but <laughs> yeah, no sheep, friends land. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Pri- if you can get private property and build jumps, go and build as many jumps as you. Or can. just go out in the forest where they're hidden and hot. Like because I. I've built, yeah, I've, I built heaps of tracks like that. Yeah, I've built a few illegal tracks. And then this was one thing that people, because I kept riding a track that I built near Wodonga, and heaps of people just like, oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And I, I think I've tell- seen videos of that one. It looks so sick. Yeah. It was, Benny used to ride it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was, that dude, that took, because I remember, again, I was just complaining. I was living in Wodonga. I was like, there's no tracks to ride around yeah. here. Like, Bright and Beauty is like an hour away. And I just got sick of complaining. So I'm like, I've just got to build my own downhill track to yeah. train on. Yeah, like, yeah. And I was like, I'm committing to it. And yeah. there was a kind of a track there that I knew I could link into, yeah. but it had no top. So I'm like, I had to, and I just went there for months, man. I reckon I spent <clears> three months, <throat> pretty much most days for at least four to six hours, <clears> just digging by myself. People would come now and again. Benny's War would come out now and again. Gary McIver, like few people, but like a day here and there. But <clears> I was like committed to doing this. And this is all hand tools. <clears> and, I ended up finishing and linking this track up and dude, it was like, I was like, it was good that I did it, but man, it was so much work to actually like put this effort in. Yeah. And a person, actually a friend of mine, I'm not going to say who it was, they actually brought a bobcat up at one point and built jumps at the top Sick. with the bobcat. So he had like jumps at the top and then real cool berms That's epic. and then some rock. Gu- it was kind of good because they had a bit of everything and it flowed yeah. really well. And then yeah, it looked real fun. I remember seeing videos oh, of it. It was so it was it was short yeah. because we don't have big hills. But the whole time you're just on it, and you just it was yeah, it was such <coughs> a fun track to ride. You ride Long Gully, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the same. It was like short, mm. but like it was it was good. It was so punchy. sick. Yeah, you're always on to something. Yeah. yeah, it was good. But I told people because people kept asking me where it was because I kept putting up videos, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, it's here, it's here. And I told a few people. And then eventually... Blows it, out the spot, bro. Too many, yeah. Too many people. And the thing was, everyone would always be like, oh, can you tell me I won't tell anyone? I'm like, yeah, but you're still someone. Yeah, yeah. you're going to go ride it. And it just eventually the people that lived on the road just started complaining about mountain bikes coming up. Yeah. And then the council found out about it. And they put... I think first off, they put a sign up and then people kept riding it. And then they put a gate up so you couldn't drive to the start. Yeah. And then they eventually just destroyed all the top jumps, just flattened yeah. them. And just put like trees and stuff down, and that was sad. That was a that was a sad day. That it was kind of like it's still kind of there, sort but of over. It's kind of yeah. I well, I don't ride there anymore. I don't live yeah. really near there. But if it was still like, no, you live real far away from there at the moment. I'd be yeah, up here, but I would go if I lived in Bright. I would go back there and ride it. Yeah, if it was still a hundred percent. But yeah, it's, yeah. I don't even know what it looks like now. Yeah, but that yeah, that was sad just for how much work I put into that. Like, and that was like solo. But work. I think that's part of being a trail builder. You've got to understand that it's when it's a leak. Sometimes you don't even get to ride shit. Mm. I built so much stuff I've never ridden. That's why I'd love to build something <laughs> legal. Like yeah. go to a club and be like, "Hey, I want to." Because if I was going to build a new downhill track at Bright, like I'd put my heart and soul into that. Yeah, like I would make this the best downhill track that has ever been in Bright, and try and attract like a national champs to be held there again. And bring, I would love that. And bring money into the town. Like, well, I talked to you about coming and helping yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, I would 100% bright, bright if you're listening. I'm keen. Oh, man. Let's make it happen. You've got, (laughs) like, I just, oh, oh. I've started building over COVID before I moved to Tassie. I started building a downhill track in, like, 
we had massive fires in like Bunyip State Park, which was pretty close to mum and dad's place. Mm. And I was digging dirt jumps in the backyard flat out, like, because it was winter. And I was like, I kind of need like something else to focus on as well. So I don't get burnt out of digging these jumps because I had no work on nothing. I was just stuck at home. Mm. I loved the COVID lockdowns. Mm. I've absolutely fucking loved it. It was just guilt-free digging every single day. <laughs> Driving, not it surviving. epic. Um, and because I had all the time in the world, it felt like, I was like, I don't care if this takeoff takes me three days just to do the edges. Like, I'm just making it look as good as I can. Yeah. But anyway, I started where we had the fires. I, like, jumped on. I did, like, heaps of research. Like, found this, like, sick spot where I was going to build a track. Went out, walked it, flagged it. Started building this track just by myself. I'll just, like, dig jumps for like a couple of days go out there dig for a few days and because it had just been burnt mm. there was like no undergrowth i could just rake in a line dig catch berms and like basically just do the fun shit because i mm. hate I hate clearing mm. it's like the worst bit of trail building is clearing built this whole track or almost a whole track like insane like granite rock features like the thing was going to be sick but the shuttle road was blocked off from the fires mm. So you couldn't get up there. Built this track over like a bunch of months. Then I moved to Tassie to do, build the dirt jumps down there. Then I came home for Christmas and I was like, surely the shuttle road's open by now. Like it's been nearly a year since the fires. Road was still closed. By the time I come home next and the road was open, the track was just completely overgrown. <laughs> like I never even got to test a single feature. That was just... I like dug for months. Resilience. Yeah, and I was... Resilience. So, I got, I've got photos probably somewhere on my phone of that track that I sent, like, sent them to friends or whatever. Like, True. I was so keen. Send to me, we'll put it as a clip. Yeah, it looked, like, so sick. Built, like, these massive rock step downs. I was, like, building rock walls. Like, did the full job of it. Never yeah. even got to ride a single oh, corner. Oh, man. I'm fine with it. Yeah, you've it accepted was fun. it. Yeah. Again, resilience. Well, it was the building. Well, the thing, the thing building that, yeah, it was, like, yeah, the, yeah, the get, fun I, bit. I get what you're saying. It's like the whole idea, I know when I go out and build trails, it's like, I'm getting fitter. Again, I'm with, in nature. Yeah. I'm creating art. you make like, how many people cool. paint something or do something or sculpt or something? It's like, they don't write it. They nah. just make it. Man, I have, like, on my, since I've been drawing on my iPad, I've got, like, Procreate a couple of years ago on an mm. iPad, and I have, like, the biggest backlog of, like, designs that I'd I was initially drawing for like to put on a t-shirt or to make as a sticker or whatever. Mm. I just have this like insane amount of drawings that mm. I've never seen the light of day and I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. It's well, just, it's just it's for you. Like, yeah. Part of it. It's yeah. just, yeah. For me. Yeah. And then a few of them I'll like do more stuff do something for with. you, yeah. not for others. Yeah. Like do stuff for others, but focus on you first. Yeah. I, some, I get definitely stuck in the trap of like doing, th- you want to do something and then you're like why am i doing this and like oh because like so and so will approve yeah. of it or whatever and then you're like yeah cool sweet and you just start doing it and you're like hang on a minute dude when I, you actually, I actually want to do this <laughs> yeah when you check in with yourself and realize like what you want to do and start like leading your life yeah. through that like i got up here and there's had a part of me i kind of want to go to asia and i've been yeah. thinking about that for a while and even to the sunny coast and keep traveling. And I, yeah. I had this moment where I was like, what do I actually want to do? Yeah. And I was like, I'm kind of sick of being solo, hey. Like my whole life, like, well, for this yeah. year, like I'm always by myself. I'm always traveling. I'm always yeah. moving, which is exciting. It's fun. But to yeah, a certain, sick of it. certain point, man, I just want to be around new people and make new groups of friends and yeah. be in like a network of 
that was just growth. That was what I loved about like moving to Hobart mm. and just, I moved into just like the first like actual share house I'd ever lived in that wasn't with work. Mm. Moved into a share house with like one dude I was friends with, two girls that I'd never met before, made like heaps of friends through them, mm. had like a local coffee shop for the first time in my life. Yeah. Never been in one place long enough to become a local at a coffee shop. Yeah. And that was sick. Like it's they, nice, eh? It's refreshing. They, yeah, they got a sticker of Nala on the coffee machine. Yeah. Like, I'll go there every morning, get a coffee. Like, that, living there and actually, like, become, I suppose, becoming a part of the community is, is mm. like, the best way to put it. And, like, finding out where you've, just, like, simple shit, finding where, like, your favorite place to eat is or mm. whatever. Mm. Like, that was something that I didn't know I was missing that I now value quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. I want to like, coming up here, it's like I want to have just a circle of people, whether it be at a gym, yeah. whether it be at like a bar, a cafe, uh, at Fist or whatever. Like yeah, I want to yeah. be immersed yeah. in this new lifestyle around new people. Because yeah. like it is exciting. Like to an extent, like we are living the dream in the sense that if adventure is your dream. But yeah. adventure like... I've, when you've done it so long, it becomes like it is a dream, but also like just normality becomes a dream. Like you said, going yeah. to a coffee shop every day and being and, uh, and knowing, knowing the, the faces. Yeah, yeah. and I, I was saying to Dad the other day, actually, like this trip specifically, a lot of shit's gone wrong, blah blah. But like, what it has shown me is that like I need like a good base mm. to just be grounded at like that can move like every year or six months or whatever but instead of like because a bit that i hated about trail booting and why i ended up quitting full-time job trail booting or until i moved to medina which was like a bit more permanent was mm. like you'd be in a spot for three weeks and you just start to like settle in mm. and then you move yeah and you just start to settle in and then you move mm. whereas like when i was in hobart you like properly settle in and mm. then i kind of was like all right this is becoming a little bit mundane Mm. and then moved and then now being stuck here i've like actually settled in to this place which is really nice mm. and then like now i'm like happy to move on but you sort of don't want to move on now because yeah. you like, found your people but yeah at the same time you kind of get at your feet i think it's nice though to like you i think being like i think our personalities lend itself to traveling and exploring mm. but that's always going to be there but also it's like, I think you've got to really understand where you're at in life and what you want to do. Like I'm at a point now where like, I don't really want to move for like, but I will though, like in six, six, like I'm still going to move. Like I'm going to go to races. I'm still going to go to like Europe in six months, but right now I want to have my bed in a new place (laughs) and hang out and get up and train with the people and try new things and just like have a new lifestyle. Like I don't want to just be the person that's just constantly moving and living out of a suitcase. Like I've done that. I can't do that anymore. Even being in the van, like I love being in the van. It's, I love adventuring, but you get to a point where you're like, "All right, I don't want to be in the van anymore." Yeah, <laughs> I just want a house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to share house. I want new people. I want w- yeah. w- what are they doing? Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can definitely agree with that. And I think it's, I don't know, I. How do I word this? <laughs> it's like I enjoy traveling, but I've figured out how I enjoy traveling. If that makes sense, yeah. It's like big blocks in places I want to be when I want to be there Mm. rather than like consistently bouncing around. Mm. Like I want, yeah, I want to get to a place, be able to like set up, it's setting up a bedroom 
Mm. Didn't know that I enjoyed that until I moved to Hobart. <laughs> I got like this sick room at the front of the house and I was like, all right, this is good, <laughs> where yeah. I got myself, like bought myself a sick bed, a real comfy mattress, got like a rug and shit. Yeah. I was like, this is cool. Bit of feng shui going on. nice. Yeah. Like had a spot to like do yoga every morning. Mm. It was epic. I was so like, I didn't know that I valued this, but apparently I do. Well, it's just routine. Like routine can build such good habits that then can like lead to more freedom i reckon yeah exactly yeah yeah for sure it's like the more yeah exactly stole the words out of my mouth it's perfect yep. <laughs> great minds think alike so, yeah I, I think like i can't remember where i read it or heard it or whatever but i was like yeah routine like people think that just being able to do whatever you want whenever you want is like freedom yeah but i think if you do have some kind of routine yeah. then that allows you to like if you got a morning routine just for an example you wake up, you like tick a bunch of boxes, mm. you've achieved like a thing. Mm. And then because you've already got that stuff out of the way, then you're like, all right, cool. Now I can choose whatever it's I like want to do. It's like habit stacking and momentum building. Yeah. Because if you want to be free, dude, go jump in the ocean naked. But at a certain point, you're like, okay, I kind of want some structure now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like you can do that if you want, but yeah. at one point you're like, okay, yeah. we want to build something a bit yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, I want to put some pants on. Yeah, but, I'm probably cold now. So yeah, exactly. But like the whole idea is like that's freedom in a nutshell. Really. Yeah, yeah, like, but you want, at a certain point you want more than that, and I think that's yeah. where I'm at right now. Is like I do like I'm I want structure and I want goals and I want all these things. And yeah, I feel like I'm in the process of creating that. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Well, like living, like I said, going back to living in Hobart. Like living in Hobart, I had like a sick routine I had like a enough structure mm. that I could then just like basically just I had like a structured day and like a good solid base and then like that kind of gap in the middle mm. where like you do activities for the day mm. I could just basically just like pick an activity out of the hat and just like plonk that into there <laughs> and like the, then it was like became a complete day if that makes sense mm. so you like wake up do all this shit pick your activity usually you'd pick it the day before plonk it into place yeah hit play do the activity and then come home and like have like the same shit around again yeah which was really nice and then that led to me being in like the best place possible for like when it did come to a race yeah i was like sweet everything's taken care of i've like dod the eye across the t's like i know where everything is i know what i need Mm. everything's organized and ready to go and then like you don't have to actually think about anything when it comes to like performing and then going to cans everything was a shambles and i was like this is going to be an adventure this is going to be great fun and mm. then like my results just went down the toilet because mm. like i had to think about so much other shit mm. that i just i couldn't focus on riding mm. did i think that's why you know when Aaron Gwynn kind of left Martin Whiteley? Like, I think Martin Whiteley is, like, mm. one of probably the best team managers out on the circuit just for the how he structures his program. Mm -hmm. And I think when he had Aaron riding for him, he takes out all the outside unnecessary noise that comes in. Mm -hmm. And then when he left and started doing his own program and being his own team manager and doing everything, yeah. it gets pretty loud. And oh, it's hard yeah. to focus when it's loud. So I think if you can find a way to take that out, and I think that comes with routine because routine... yeah then gives you confidence and then it gives you this like sense of you're doing the exact right thing you should be. So if you got yeah. that, all that noise kind of fades away. Yeah, and I think that's like 
that's where the where you are act where you find like more freedom because mm. you can think about other shit. Mm. You don't have to think about like like being a privateer and being a junior and trying to race World Cups, for example, like is hard. Yeah, way harder than people think it is. Because mm. like you have to think about I don't know shit that you shouldn't have to think about. Like where am I gonna get some Wi-Fi so that I can look at the race schedule for tomorrow yeah, or like yeah. where am I going to go Mac take is a, it? where am I going to go take a shit like yeah. just where like I'm, random when stuff when you're in a van in the middle of Europe and you don't speak the language and yeah. You're, yeah or you're at a race and you're like parked up in the back corner and you've like broken your derailleur and you've already used your spare derailleur like yeah just like random shit you've got shit. no extra cash yeah, it's, yeah. yeah like it's your hard. brain is so busy mm. whereas like I used to get so jealous of like riding past there like the specialized pits like i always thought they had a good setup mm. and i saw finn one day finish a run from practice not that there's anything wrong with this but like finish a run from practice rode into the pits handed his bike to the mechanic walked over grabbed a drink off somebody that already had it prepared for him <laughs> took his helmet off sat down put his feet up the mechanic was already working on his bike and he's like started watching a GoPro video of his run so that he could get ready for his race run. Yeah. And I watched that as I was, like, running around manic, mm. trying to find a derailleur and then, like, fix my derailleur and then, like, all this other shit. And because I was in B practice, we had no time. Mm. Like, it was so hectic. And I was like, and then I'm supposed to go and race that dude. But that should also build confidence. Because that, the, I looked at that same situation when I was in uh, put in that as well, and I thought, how much better is it going to look when I beat that guy? Yeah, see, I didn't have... I think when I was a junior, I don't think I had the right mindset. Yeah, see, I went into that because I had the same thing, dude, because I raced against, like, Jean-Luc Vanassa, Mark mm. Wallace, all, all those guys, like, uh, Loris Verge, they all had factory teams, and mm. I was the same as you. I was in a van with the Vanzac. Yeah, and full privateer. And I remember before I left, it made me nervous, mm. and I was a bit like, oh, how am I going to beat these guys? They've got everything going for them. And mm. then it wasn't until I got third and then won the second race where I was like... I can do this. Yeah. And, and how stupid do all you guys look that you're on a factory team and yeah. I just beat you and I'm wearing an Australian jersey? Yeah, see, I never had that. Like, I don't think I had that mindset. Mm. And then also, probably because I didn't have that mindset, I didn't ever get, like, that one little, like, taste yeah. of, like, oh, I can actually do this. Yeah. I was just always just enough, mm. just far enough back that yeah. I was like, oh, I don't, I can't see myself bridging that gap. Yeah. That's, you, know, yeah, you get, get beaten by like say three seconds or five seconds or whatever and you're like cool well if i you know rode that section a bit better and like i had my bike a bit more organized and whatever like i could probably make that time up mm. whereas i was like i'd get beaten by like 10 seconds mm. and you kind of like i got I yeah can't, i can't do that yeah. can't do that and then after two races consistently getting beaten by 10 15 seconds you're just like mm. yeah, yeah you can defeat yeah. Whatever, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah that's the thing it either yeah you either find a way to do it, fix it and overcome yeah. it or it defeats you in a way. Yeah, I think like, yeah, as a, I, like I said to the other night, like my second year as a junior, by the time I went overseas, like I already knew that I w probably wasn't going to race the next year. Yeah, you might. Like I was yeah. not having fun already. Yeah. But it was, I think it was still a fun trip. Mm. It was just the racing wasn't the fun bit. It was like riding all the bike parks with my mates mm. in between. Yeah. Mm. And that's obviously where it's kind of like, spun off in a weird different way here it's like you don't have to be the racer you can be the person that does all the other stuff if you can promote yourself and push it properly yeah which i still don't i feel like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> fake it till you make it man. yeah with like none of us do with that stuff i'm like cool i post 
reels yeah at, which is like the thing you need to do like yeah. i don't know i've got a tiktok now <laughs> Dude, just, talk to, just talk to sponsors man like the thing is it's like ask people like what do you want out of me do you want me to go do signings yeah. do you want me to go do events do you want me to like do more youtube do you want me to do more like kind of art just uh, just straight up ask like, what do you yeah. want and if they're like keep doing what you're doing you're like all right yeah which it. i've i've like in the past asked been mm. like how like how can i be more involved or like mm. what like what do you want from me and like what do you want da- from me what do you want <laughs> daryl from canyon every year is like i don't know just let us know what you want to do for the year yeah like oh all right <laughs> it's like leave the ball in my court and yeah. then i i think that's how i've ended up where i am where i can kind of just do what i want yeah because each year they're like what do you want to do and i say i want to do this stuff and i suppose they're happy with it yeah yeah creative freedom which is cool mm, that's, <laughs> that's sick. do you want to call it i want to go get some food i reckon yeah f- what's the, what's the time do you want to know 8.30? Yeah, 8.25. Ooh, was, yeah, it's yeah, pretty late. Yeah, I'm hungry. Was, I'm so hungry. There's a burger place that I saw like just across the road. I'm pretty keen to go there. If they're still open for food. Oh, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, otherwise... Just get Uber Eats to the van. I got Uber Eats to the van in Sydney. Really? I was like, I was like parked up at this like cool lookout and there was yeah. other cars around. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to leave because I don't want to lose this park because I was yeah. going to sleep there the night. Yeah. And like, I knew the other cars would leave eventually. Yeah. So I just ended up getting Uber each to my van on this That's like secluded... <laughs> Were you just given the rego number or something? Well, I just gave them the street name and they just came there. And we, I like In the notes, I was like, oh, we're in a van um, and gave them the reg, yeah, the rego, but they just rocked up and got the food. That's sick. Because it was like five bucks and I was like, I would pay $5 not to drive because it was like 15 minute drive. So like half mm. an hour drive, five bucks. I'm like, come to me. Yeah. I should do that at, at, the, at yeah. the bus. Yeah, at the bus. There's yeah. Uber Eats there, man. You well, when I move the bus here... This is much better park. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to get it here. It'd be so funny if you got it towed to another park. I think it's probably like probably a bit nicer here, so you might get... I don't know if you get moved on or not. I've camped here before, and no one said anything, but... I'm, yeah, the bus is pretty obvious, though. It is obvious, and it'd probably hang out a bit. Oh, no, it wouldn't hang out, really. No, nah, but be fine. you can park it in a normal parking space. Yeah, you'd be I'm, fine. Fuck, can we not talk about the bus? I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. We, <laughs> that was a long <laughs> story at the Listen, start. I just well, kept, I did tell you. I know, I, said, I know, I know. I just kept going, and I was like, oh, my God, this is like... Yeah. There's more? I, but I guess it's like, for anyone listening to it, they'd be like, I feel, I feel you. I feel yeah. the pain. I'm living the dream. You're living the dream. We're living the dream. How do you want to, how do you want to sign this off? Do you want to thank some people? Or do you uh, like... How do we hit you up? Where do we where do we follow yeah, you? you? Where can, do we you see can, your stuff? You can find me on Instagram at Baxter underscore Maywald. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find me on YouTube where you can find the one bus video and a few other videos. At Everything's... I got like a cool enough, weird enough name that everything's just my name. Just your name. It's Yeah, it's just either Baxter underscore Maywald or Baxter Maywald. Sick. I'll leave yeah. it in the, in the notes. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So. Um, but yeah, come up here, ride Boomerang Farm if you're on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Oh, I gotta ask you Dude's some questions. I gotta ask you some questions. Yeah. You got advice before we go. Advice to give. Yeah, so- I thought there was questions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There. Always, yeah. Advice to give someone for riding and for life. For riding and for life. Yeah. They can be. It's a lot of people are just the same. But you, if you've got like one for like life in general, and then one for yeah. riding a bike, it's always good. I think both of these apply to both things, but I'll I'll specify which one it applies to more. Mm-hmm. I think for riding, just keep it fun. <laughs> and ride everything yeah that's that's what keeps it fun for me anyway mix it up um and for life but it also applies to riding and it applies to trail building pay attention mm. simple yeah people just need to pay more attention yeah i, I like, reckon i like that yeah and the last one how do you want to be remembered um 
fuck. Yeah, it puts people off. <laughs> Jack didn't like it. Jack's like, what are these questions? And I was like, how do I want to be? I, I want to be, um, holy shit. That's a heavy question. Yeah. People don't think about it. It's like something I don't. I would like to be remembered as somebody who, um, I'm trying to think of like an answer that's not just like generic as well. Yeah, but like, yeah. but like, or how to put it into words at this time of the night with no food. But yeah, um, I'd like to be remembered as somebody who would like. I feel like I go out of my way to help other people because I get helped a lot. So like, I never want to take anybody's help for granted. Mm. Um, somebody who's appreciative, charismatic, and put in a lot of effort to whatever I did. That's a good one. I like yeah. that. That's good. Yeah. So I just don't want to be remembered as, as a dick. Yeah. I like to be remembered as a good person. <laughs> yeah. It just being remembered's a nice thing. Like, <laughs> just being like doing anything worth being remembered is like. Yeah. I I got a question for you to finish it off on. Seeing as you just loaded that onto me. Hit me. What are you scared of? Oh, snakes. But I've overcome that. There's some kind of like, not some generic fear. I don't want to know if oh, you're scared of snakes or spiders. What are you genuinely scared of? What's your biggest fear? What's my biggest fear? Probably like living a life where you're Dean's like, just like not being remembered. <laughs> no, I think I think just like living a life where you're kind of just numb to like everything and like adventure and like love and just you you, you like you you kind of you're just getting by. Mm. Like it's a fear to just be getting by. Like. That's heaps better than snakes. Yeah. Well, I'm also... I'm, I've over, I kind of overcome the fear, but if I see a wild snake, I still freak out. But yeah. I think it's just the whole thing is just being scared of, like, not being what you know you can be. Yeah. Like, I'd hate to be 80 or 90 or however old sitting in an old, like, folks' home and looking back and be like, I had so much more to give. Yeah. And I didn't do it. Yeah. And I that's terrifying to me. Yeah, that's, like, very similar to mine mm. my i just have like my biggest fear is not fulfilling my potential yeah and that kind of just goes to like mm. this conversation yeah. like i want this to be like as good of a conversation as i can yeah being a bike rider i want to be the best bike rider i can be yeah. like relationships i want them to be as good as like my at least my half yeah be as good as it can be like mm. whatever it is just like do everything to the fullest mm. that I can and not waste time like not just waste time for the sake of like you can't be fucked with something or something yeah. too hard you think's too hard in your mind like I heard this thing the other day and I love it and I keep thinking about it it's like don't let good get in the way of great yeah and I like did a post today actually where like I've had two good years of riding a bike yeah but they were nowhere near great and that's yeah. in my own standard yeah like yeah. to someone else to a to like a kid out there, they could be great. To someone else, they yeah. could be great. To me, it to would me, probably be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing to other people, but that's not who you're competing against. You're yeah. competing against yourself. So yeah. it's like to me, I've been coasting and I've been doing good. And this is another thing. It's like in the same breath, don't let great get in the way of good either. So it's like you yeah. can have experiences that are just good, and you yeah. share, and you can enjoy them for well, good. Sometimes and, I just don't even start shit because I'm like it's not going to be perfect. Exactly. But it's so like, well, if you just started it, and it was okay mm. that's better than just not doing it exactly yeah i so i got a saying that i always say is don't let perfection no um paralyzed by perfection yeah and that's like when you think something has to be so perfect that you don't even start yeah, it's like, i do that all it's the time nev- so guilty of yeah it. it's never <laughs> gonna be perfect man 
Like, no. just start it. Yeah. You, like, unless you start it, you don't know what it's going to be. Just because yeah. you've got this story in your mind that it's not going to be to wet the level you want it to be. Mm. Like, dude, when I started this podcast, it sucked. I forgot to press record <laughs> the first time and I was on one microphone that you, I didn't even know how to set it up. So yeah, you yeah. won't even get like, it was shit. Look at us now in the best studio <laughs> I've ever been in. I wouldn't say this is the highest, highest end to it, but like I have a, like a vision and a goal that yeah. it's going to get to a certain point and it's going to be funny looking back at this and being like, that's yeah. where it was, but totally. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't there. Yeah. So it's like, you've got to suck at some point. And so with yeah. everything you do, it's like, you're always going to suck at the start. But also you're going to learn the quickest at the start as well. So it's like the best time. It's the best and the worst time. That's why I start surfing. Mm. I was like, I need to do something that I'm shit at. And I'm pretty shit at it. Like pretty bad. Yeah. But it's fun. It's like good to suck at stuff. But the thing is, you're going to be so much better tomorrow. And then the next day. And then the next day. Yeah, I kind it's of like taken a few steps forward and then a few steps back. Because <laughs> I like surf flat out for like a few days. Yeah. Or for, like before I left Tassie, surfed flat out for like a month. And mm. I was like, oh, I'm actually figuring this out. And then didn't surf for like two months mm. and then went backwards a bunch of steps. <laughs> but the group, but progression, we'll get there. the progression we'll get though there. is still yeah. like, yeah, it ramps I get, up. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Sick. Should we go get some burgers? I'm hungry, as. All right. Let's go get some food. Sweet. Signing off. Thanks for that. We Cheers. finally did it. Cheers, mate. We finally nailed it <laughs> on the head. See ya. How long did we do? I don't know. Two and a half hours. Hey? That's probably the longest one I've ever done. Really? I think so. Oh, Fuck. my ears. Oh, my ears. I hate these headphones. I need to get Oh, I thought they were pretty comfy. Nah, 